It's Eric's Mediocre Adventures. <laughs> yes, and that's not Eric. That's Matt. <laughs> love it. Oh, love it. Love, love it. Love it. I'm currently playing Minecraft, and I was like, should I stop while we're talking? I'm like, you know what? No. <laughs> Multitask. Multitask like crazy i mean i'm taking care of a baby right now so i mean that's probably yeah it's more important but yeah Eh. (laughs) so we're back once again for star wars episode three revenge of the sith so good revenge of the sith like come on that title alone tells you it's gonna be a great movie yes sir yes sir uh this movie, like episode one, I can distinctly remember seeing it, like when I saw it for the first time. Uh, the year was 2005, which, you know, is when, when the movie came out, so that makes sense. Um, there was one year still to go in life before meeting my dear Matthew. Oh. And uh, my friend Chris and I, you know Chris, good Chris, were dropped hey. off. Chris P. We were dropped off at the mall by my mom's, and... Uh, you know, we, we were, as we you did when you were kids, you get dropped off in the mall and you just kind of do shenanigans for a bit. Uh, we did some shenanigans and then we went to go see Star Wars. I think it was on like a Saturday, like the opening day, like the day after the opening day. So this is the Saturday. And um, I remember for both of us, we had like, at this point, we had no idea what to expect with the movie other than kind of like I knew that Anakin was going to end up in a volcano or a pit of lava because <laughs> George had spoiled that years ago, that that was how it happened. I think it was like a literal volcano though, if I remember correctly, when he originally had the plan and, and then obviously it changed uh, to like a volcano planet. But I knew that was going to happen. And at this point I was still kind of in my baby stages of the star Wars craze. Like I had, the games that I mentioned in the first episode we did, I'd read all the Padawan books and I'd watched the original Clone Wars show, the like the one made by the Samurai Jack guy, which you sent me a clip of not too long ago uh, yeah. with Anakin being knighted. So I'd seen that. And it wasn't until around, I think, 2007 when I went full blownsies when I started getting into like the extended universe and, and everything. But um, But yeah, anyways, we went to the mall. We did some stupid kid stuff. And then we went into Star Wars for a wild time and and at the time we both seemed to love it from start to finish like from immediately we were hooked the movie never like dropped us off at any point and then we just talked about it on the entire car ride home like theorizing things even though there was nothing to theorize Mm. we just we theorized things and i'm sure my mom hated it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i love this movie uh it's one of my favorite star wars movies if not my favorite it's always in the top three, and and I say it anytime people ask. My top three is usually cha- ever changing depending on like what I've watched recently or like what kind of move I'm mood I'm in. It's so, it, but Revenge of the Sith is always up there, usually at the one spot, uh, and it it just gets better and it takes the top spot even more. When I look at all the extended universe stuff and the Clone Wars and stuff, it only makes me me love it more. I don't know. What what was your initial uh, experience with Revenge of the Sith? Ooh. Well, I have a story. It's You're going to 
judge me, I think. But we'll have to see. Anyway, I judge I judge you all the time. It's not it's not. Well, you're me. definitely you're probably definitely gonna judge me on this one. Um, so when Revenge of the Sith came out, this was like the height. Well, not really the height, but like I was on such a hype wave for Star Wars when this game or this movie came out because you know I had just played extensively Kotor one, played extensively Kotor two, and then you know I had watched uh, Episode two, you know during and before those so i was just riding this wave and i'm like the next movie's revenge the sith like they i don't remember uh i never saw anything from george lucas like i never kept up on news quite like that so i never knew like how anakin would change to become darth vader but i knew you know that you know the movie was called revenge of the sith because i had seen like trailers and stuff like that or posters and i knew like this was him becoming darth vader don't know how especially with how like high like how good characters were like the first and second movie i'm like they have one movie and then it's darth vader time so i don't know how they're gonna make this happen (laughs) and i was super excited because obviously i was also looking at those playing those other games extensively so like on the super high wave for star wars and uh i remember when the movie came out there was another movie playing at our local uh movie theater i can't remember what it was but it was a it was a horror movie and uh, me and my brother and a buddy of mine, we had bought lightsabers that day in the mall. And we were in, like, the food court with our lightsabers. So we were, like, you know, just hanging out, waiting for the movie. We probably had, like, two hours or whatever before the uh, the line kind of opened up. And uh, <laughs> randomly, these two girls actually came up and started talking to us. And I was flirting back and forth with them. And then I actually ended up kind of ditching my brother and my friend uh, to go and hang out with these two girls for a bit. Anyway, I found out that they were going to the horror movie. I'm face palming right now. You can't I see know. it. <laughs> I know. I, I imagine you are. They were going to the horror movie. And uh, obviously we were going to Star Wars. <laughs> so anyway, we get into the movie. And I probably stayed in the theater for Star Wars for probably 20 minutes or so. Uh I can't remember. I think I left not long after like the initial attack on Coruscant scene. And I actually went to the other theater and ended up watching movies, like a bit of the movie with these girls and uh, doing that whole flirty thing. And then I actually came back uh, literally just as Anakin was talking to Palpatine and got a huge revelation about who he was. And I stayed in the rest for the rest of the movie. But I definitely missed a solid, I don't know what, how long that is, 40 minutes to an hour. Like, I missed a solid portion of Revenge of the Sith. And uh, when I came back, it was just awesome. I loved every second of it. And I felt so bad about leaving uh, when I did that I had to go back the next day and, and watch the movie. But I wasn't, I had no complaints. I ended up getting a girlfriend out of it, too, which was cool. <laughs> I'm I'm disappointed in you, but also like good good work, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this movie, um, as the other two prequel trilogy movies were, <laughs> were uh, written and directed by George Lucas. As we mentioned, it came out in 2005, and it was probably I. I can't really speak to it, but I think it was probably the best received of all of the prequels at the time. 
uh, it remained one of the higher rated Star Wars movies, like critically. I know that I know that at least um, even like to this day, it's still one of the higher rated Star Wars movies. Money wise, uh, how did it do? It made eight hundred and sixty eight million dollars off of a hundred and thirteen million dollar budget, which ain't nothing to sneeze at. And uh, it had an excellent, excellent video game. <laughs> you heard like, about the movie one? Yeah, like don't. Oh yeah. Do not let me stress enough. Excellent. <laughs> if if I could download it again on Steam, I one hundred percent would because that. That game was and still is probably amazing. The fact that they gave you the choice to at the end of being who you like picking who you wanted and it affected the actual ending is incredible. Yeah, you and can literally kill Obi-Wan. Don't, don't, oh, it's a video game. You spoiled it. <laughs> well, we're not going to do a thing for that. Well, it's, you know. I mean, we could, I guess. But, you know, yeah. Obi-Wan dies to kill Palpatine. It's awesome. Yes. It's great. <laughs> it was it was an inspired choice uh, by whoever made it. Lucasfilm, LucasArts probably, but yeah, amazing. And um, yeah, for for most people, and and for for a few years, this was this was it. Like it's even though like George had plans for a sequel trilogy, and and we like he had talked about them, obviously in the nineties and stuff before he started the prequels, he got so burnt out by the prequels. And, and I'm, I'm assuming the reaction to them that he was kind of like, I'm done with the, I'm done with the star Wars movies for now. Yeah. I, after revenge of the Sith, I honestly had no hope or thought. Like I heard the rumors about a seven, eight, nine kind of idea, but I'm like, nah, they're never happening. Cause you definitely did get the sense. Like there was as good as this movie was, there was a lot of flack uh, about this trilogy as a whole, and I didn't, I wasn't holding out for a for a sequel trilogy at all. Well, and he came. I think I'm like I might be in like remembering wrong, but I'm pretty sure he came out and said that like this was it. And then, obviously, about two years later, uh, we got the news that the Clone Wars movie was coming out. And it was animated, so it wasn't really the same. But that was kind of the the first step back in for him, which led to the Clone Wars TV show. But for most people, because a lot of people were probably like, I ain't going to watch a cartoon, Matt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Hater. Have you, did you watch it? The Clone oh. Wars? <laughs> well, no, not, not, uh, not episode by episode, but I've, I've watched stuff. Well, then my point stands. Um, so, yeah, so the, even like, even though that was happening, he pretty much was like, there's there's going to be no more live action. I'm not doing it. And for a long time, that remained so until the faded, some would say cursed day, depending on their opinion, um, day that Disney bought the rights to Star Wars and the sequel trilogy was announced that and George Lucas would have no hand in it. Something which had a lot of the at the time, a lot of the people were like, "Good," and ultimately it was probably a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was in that camp kind of like I was really optimistic that um, as a result of that deal, we would have gotten more Star Wars. Not necessarily like a seven, eight, and nine, but I figured like, oh, well, now that you know George doesn't have his hand on it, Disney 
is in it to make money. They're going to start churning out a bunch of Star Wars stuff. So I was pretty optimistic at the very least we would get more Star Wars. Um, yeah, and, and, but I think um, the thing that most people like realize is that even though he might not have directed them or written like the dialogue well, that Star Wars written by someone who's not George Lucas or without George Lucas like having a hand in it is very uh, it doesn't go as well. <laughs> I well, say. I think we can only really say that, though, is because of what actually ended up happening with the sequels. Like, when I first heard the word, the news that J.J. Abrams was getting his hands on Star Wars, I was hyped. Like, I'm like, that's awesome. Oh, I have no, like, give. If if they had gone, J.J., make a plan for the trilogy, like an entire plan, and we're going to stick to that, then I would have been like, okay, this probably would turn out well, or yeah. at least better than it did. Or say, like, you and George are going to write this together. Or, like, you and George and, like, whoever's, like, involved, the Kasdins and... Jesus, and anyone. Stuff. Just anyone make a plan. Just, like, just write it together. Have a plan. Let, like, actual script writers go, <laughs> go over the drafts. And then yeah. it probably would have been great. But that's, you know, not what happened. And sadness followed for some uh, frustration for others and then just general anger <laughs> for, for many. Yeah, yeah, pretty much is it. Yeah, so uh, back to this movie. Um, I just generally, like, it, it's, it's kind of like a mood that sits through this movie and, and we've mentioned it before, but a, a lot of the times you hear people say that uh, the story George wanted to tell in the prequels was too big for three movies. Mm. And I think that's really accurate and I think it's, it's maybe at its most accurate in this one. Because, like, it does this thing with that it's, it's quick-paced and it's complex and it has a lot to it. But they're also somehow rushed. Yeah. And then incredibly slow paced at the same time. It's very strange. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. Like it's it's a bit of a conundrum. So um and this one kind of like it exemplifies it the most, I think. Of being both fast and slow paced and complex. Yeah, it's ultimately not enough. Like, I think, uh, like, we can look at, say, The Clone Wars, because uh, that shows, like, what, six seasons or seven seasons? Seven, and, technically. Seven. So you look at that movie, or that show, sorry, and you have a lot of background for those people that actually sat through and watched that entire series. You have a lot to uh, help pad the change in Anakin from Jedi Knight to... Darth Vader. But for most people, and especially for everyone at the time when they watched this uh, back in 2005, you didn't have that. It was... It, it is really jarring when you isolate the, the prequel trilogy in and of itself. Yeah, I feel like it's very jarring still. Uh, his change from Jedi to Sith. Especially when you look at the third movie, and it's got like... A t I get that there's stuff... In and amongst the movies, but for most people, it was very like, wow, that was really quick, and then it just kind of carried on. Yeah, uh, 
you don't get the same sort of support that you would have gotten from, say, you know, we've you've brought it up, the fact that this story probably could have been better told in, say, four movies or a different restructuring of the prequels. Um, or we have the Clone Wars TV show to kind of help support it, but it does feel weirdly paced. And then, like, it, it's quick. It's very quickly paced. Like, you get through the whole movie very quickly, even though it's probably the longest of the trilogy. Um, but then you're like, huh. It's almost too quick in some places, and that's weird. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't really know how much I agree with that. Like, I have... I And I might be completely in the wrong, but I've always kind of been, like, a staunch supporter of the idea that... Uh, that even though it is a little rushed, the movie, that the 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 reasons are there for for the turn and everything. Like it it just you need a little bit of context from just like a general understanding of the world to to get it. Like and I guess maybe this is from more of a hindsight perspective, but or hindsight rather. Um even without the Clone Wars, like I never really felt that it was that rushed. Like the uh, there's a part of it that's sudden, and I will discuss that more when we get there. But um, for the most part, I didn't really have that kind of same same opinion as everyone else did. Like especially like at the time, I guess I had read the uh, shortly like shortly after the movie came out, I read the novelization, and the novelization does like such a better job of like because you hear his thoughts, like you get to see like read his thoughts as as everything's happening, and and because of that, it, it generally makes a little bit more sense because you have that context being painted for you rather than having to assume it. Yeah, uh, I think like when you look at all that secondary content to kind of help give the movies more context, you definitely wouldn't feel as it wouldn't feel as sudden i'm not saying like there wasn't anything there uh to kind of sort of explain things but some of the sudden shifts are pretty hard to kind of be like it, it they're sudden enough that it kind of leaves you it kind of throws everything off i find because of how sudden it is it's like that's really weird i can't really get past it it kind of sticks in my head like, I get it, but it's still weird. I'm and, sure I know what you're talking about, and when we get to it, like I, I kind of went into like a bit of a blurb explaining why I was okay with it, and hopefully, <laughs> or not hopefully, but maybe it will help. Maybe it won't. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I just want to say, like, I think if you have secondary content to help give you, give you more context with this movie, you'll probably appreciate and understand things a lot better than just a regular, like Jenna, for example. You know. Yeah, like I, I think if we're, I don't like I know it's not really spoilers because anyone who's watching this will see the movie. I just, but I'd rather save it for when we get there. And I, I assume yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I feel like, at least me personally, I think there is enough in the scene itself. Like it's supposed to be jarring. It's supposed to be sudden. But there's enough in the scene and in the movies to say why it happened. And uh, but yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> so let's actually start this pitch and get the movie going. Uh, this movie picks up five years after Episode Two, I believe. It's five or six years. It's not. They're not super clear on how long the uh, 
the Clone Wars has been going on, but I believe it's about five or six years generally. And um, the war is not going well. <laughs> Things suck. And uh, then we learn that Shifty Palts has been kidnapped by Dooku. Or palpnapped, if you prefer. And uh, obviously right away we, we, we hop into a space battle. A great incredible space battle one of the best of the series uh between the clones and obi-wan and anakin against the droid armies and the separatists and stuff and uh you could just tell by looking at him he mentions in, in the crawl but you can tell by looking at him that anakin's not a padawan anymore he's got longer hair his braid's gone he has a neat new eye scar which we know from Legends that he got from Massage Ventress in a duel. I don't know how he got it in canon. It might still be from Massage Ventress. I'm not sure. But the crawl also mentions that he is now a Jedi Knight, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And he's now uh, in possession of R2-D2. And I'm just, like, when I saw that, I'm like, you guys are not subtle. (laughs) Like, you have this droid that is... Padme's <laughs> and, and people yeah. don't go huh <laughs> but anyways uh, yeah all, Obi-Wan also has a nice haircut he's got a like a goatee going on he looks very nice he's really chilled out a lot too eh hey, well that's what I was like I, I, I kind of harked on it quite a bit in the the second episode the clone or the attack of the clones one that like as soon as he wasn't the like responsible as being the master and the father anymore, he chilled out. Anakin became his friend. Like he just, I, I just, he really wasn't fit for that position, and like it, it shows. <laughs> and this, like, it shows in how he behaves now, where he's just like so much calmer and I just think generally what, in a better mood. <laughs> I, I think what it really is is that he's always been fighting and trying to get that uh, Jedi master position. So he was playing the goody-goody, and then finally, he's just like, I got the role. I got the what I want. Now he's actually all chilled out because he's got the job. They can't get rid of him now. Well, that's that's not quite how being <laughs> being made a master works, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go with that, I guess. <laughs> no, yours is probably a little bit more factual. But yeah, so the opening scene does a really good job of uh, showing how close... <laughs> Yes, Brindley. I know we love Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, she's fussing a little bit. I know we love Star Wars, Brindley. It's okay. <laughs> trying to freak out around a podcast, baby girl. That's okay. No, we love Star Wars. We're, we're... Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the opening scene, though, generally does a really good job uh, showing how close they've gotten since the last film. Like, particularly the moment of Anakin saving Obi-Wan's ship. And then, like, seeing them work together. Uh, particularly, there's a moment when they're... When they board... Uh, I can't remember what General Grievous's ship is called. The something hand or something. Uh, but they're fighting towards each other when they're fighting the droids. So yeah. that they cover each other's backs. And, like... It's great, and I feel like they do a good job. But I also know that they cut a lot of scenes particularly from this part of the movie of them communicating with each other and being friendly, like that they have code words and like, like code symbols they use and stuff. Like you can find those deleted scenes on YouTube and and they're great. And I don't know why they removed them. (laughs) Well, 
Is that I don't know. I haven't seen much about it myself, but like, there's apparently that rumor uh, that George Lucas has like a four-hour long Revenge of the Sith cut, just because there's so much content that had to be cut from the movie. Oh, I believe it. So there, like, it was after the uh, the Snyder cut Justice League stuff came out that I saw I started seeing a lot more of this George Lucas Revenge of the Sith cut, which would be awesome. If I would watch a four-hour-long movie of this, especially for that beginning sequence, like you mentioned, like deleted scenes I saw of those two, like I just—that's one thing I do wish I saw more of—is the Anakin and Obi-Wan relationship that you get in this movie. I would have liked to have seen a lot more of that. Oh, me, me too. Like, I, like I said, I think I did. They, they did a good job with it. Yeah. But there should have been more. <laughs> I, uh, I particularly like the scene where. Uh, it's in the same ship. It's like they go separate ways, and they're in the elevator. Friendly shush. They're in the <laughs> elevator uh, thing, and Obi or Obi One's in there talking to R two D two, and then Anakin jumps back in the roof and like kind of surprises them. Oh, Brindley. <laughs> Brindley, it's story time. <laughs> she does this every time I uh, talk, say any story to like Jenna or whatever. Starts getting all fussy. Well, she she wants to talk too. <laughs> well, she can't form words, man. <laughs> Your people aren't gonna like Star Wars if they keep hearing a baby the whole time. <laughs> baby girl, go back to sleep. Uh, but no, that's one of my favorite scenes, and it's so simple. But it's like, you know, Anakin's going off and doing his like superhero thing. And Obi-Wan's in there having a good old time with R2-D2. And then all of a sudden he shows back in again. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, it's you. <laughs> it's just like, what, you, what were you going to do? Were you going to like attack him or whatever? Yeah, just like, that's what he was going to do. It was I just, love that. Oh, it was funny. Yeah, another good a good one is, um, it's like a little bit before that, I think, when they're telling R2 to, to start the elevator. And he sends it down instead of up. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then... Uh, Obi-Wan kind of like has a face and Anakin's like, don't say anything. He's trying. And he's like, did I say anything? I didn't say anything. I love those little moves. Those little moments are great. Um, The CGI is already significantly improved in this movie as well. Just uh, from the the first battle on when you like see them fighting in space, obviously, which they've always been good at. And then uh, when Obi-Wan launches himself into like a front foot out of his ship, to yeah. take out some droids, like it looks great. Uh, it holds up a lot better than the other movies have, for sure. And then we get another moment where there's supposed to be a deleted scene here that I don't really know why they cut, but I guess they wanted to do something different. But this is the first of what I believe is the th- three different deaths of Shock T. Yeah. So originally, in this deleted scene, General Grievous killed her. Uh, in front of the squad, so like in front of Obi-Wan and and Anakin. That was deleted. And then she was killed by Starkiller in The Force Unleashed. That was changed. (laughs) And then she was ultimately killed by Anakin during Order 66. So at some point in Order 66, he comes across her meditating and he ices her. Well, that's also a deleted scene. It's not an actual deleted scene, uh, but you can... They show you like a flashback of it in Rebels. Oh, okay. So there might be a part of it in the comic, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's another one in the that Clone Wars TV show you showed me too, or I, I sent you a clip of, not of Shock T dying, but she dies 
from Grievous, but maybe this is the same thing you're kind of talking about. I don't know if it was deleted, this like shown the same way in the movie, deleted scene or not, but in the cartoon, I'm pretty sure she actually has a full-on fight with uh, Grievous, uh, and he, that's, he kills her and then takes Palpatine, like she was guarding him or whatever at the time. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think she kills, he kills her at that point. I think he, he takes her captive, but I know what you're talking about. That show was so good, man. But yeah, no, this... Uh, and, I mean, the great stuff you and I are talking about is only probably, what, five minutes in? Yeah, like five, it's, about five, ten minutes in. Yeah. It's quick, man. It's already... Like, you get the best Star Wars... Uh, like, it felt like the most of... Like, the biggest war-type scene we've had in so long. Like, it actually felt like a full, large-scale conflict with, like, awesome battle type stuff going on like it was cool and then you yeah, got awesome like, humor Ugh. like even with the geonosis battle it still felt small yeah i know yeah didn't it brinley <laughs> yeah it uh i know that like you notice it as soon as the movie started like the way the, the the scroll the text thing goes away it instantly comes into like anakin and obi-wan doing their you know, Jedi flips around these spaceships, blowing each other up above Coruscant. Like it's huge. It's a huge, awesome opening. Yeah. That just goes from there. And obviously, we're, I just doubled us back a bit. But you know, once uh, Anakin and Obi Wan are moving up through the ship, they actually end up meeting General Grievous. Yep, General Grievous, the uh, the droid with the cough, uh, who's not really a droid. Uh, he's He's a com- he has a complicated backstory, Grievous, that has been changed a few times. Um, I know at some point he was like a a warrior, like of a warrior, like alien race, and that he just kept making himself into more of a cyborg to try to like be better. And then like eventually he ended up like he is. So like every now and again, like he would just replace parts bits bit by bit. And then there's another one, I think, I, if I remember correctly, where he was just a guy who was, like, super injured. And they, like, to keep him alive, they put him in, like, the cyborg thing or whatever. Um, regardless, I, he's a cyborg. <laughs> yeah, I know when uh, me and my friends first saw this, we actually had theories. Because they don't really tell you who Grievous is at all. He just kind of shows up, right? And um, I, me and my friends always kind of thought, like, maybe he was Darth Maul. Like, they kind of brought him back somehow and then like had because he was cut in half and everything they had to like completely turn him into a robot but like his heart and like parts of him are still there that's why he could like do all the cool jedi or like sith skill traits because like he had already kind of learned them and then he learned more from dooku like i thought i mean this is obviously when i was way younger but it uh, that's kind of what we were going for. It's like, oh, they brought Darth Maul back. He's just all like robotic and stuff, just like Darth Vader will be. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, at the time, knowing so little, you kind of just like... wanted Maul back. <laughs> yeah, I feel. I think he has an origin that's sort of mentioned in the Clone Wars show, like the uh, the original one that would have yeah. come out before it. But who's to say? I I don't know. I'm pretty sure the one that I had said about. Uh, just replacing parts. I think that's his canon one, but I'm not 100% on that. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say what's... Like, what's really canon now in terms of uh, stuff outside of the movies. 
Yeah, and uh, I just like I just can't remember. It's been it's been a decently long time since I watched uh, all of Clone Wars. Like I usually go back and I watch specific episodes. Yeah, and I haven't watched like all of it in in, in a hot minute. So it's been. I will say this is uh, one just because you just remind like you made me think of something. Like when you think of the Star Wars movies and like what like when you watch it, sometimes you're like, Okay, I wanna watch it start to finish or you'll be like, Okay, I wanna watch certain parts of movies. There's not like a single scene from episode two that really jumps to mind, except for maybe Anakin killing the sand people. But like there's only a couple scenes from like the first and second movie that I can like I wanna go back and fast forward to that. This movie has like everything i would watch the whole movie there's not like a one particular scene that i'm like yeah i want to watch that because i'll watch like one thing i'm like i want to go back maybe 10 more minutes and watch this i'm like oh yeah maybe go back another 10 minutes for that (laughs) i don't do that but i like i like the sound of it (laughs) i don't say i I wouldn't say i do it a whole lot myself i just kind of (laughs) youtube clips but if i were to go and fast forward to stuff it would be a lot more on this movie than any of the other ones. Yeah, for sure. So for we yeah we uh, as you mentioned we meet Dooku or not Dooku we meet Grievous uh, who's just there kind of chilling, and we get to see more of Anakin's growth when they walk into the trap that they were prepared to spring um, <laughs> to to get Palpatine, and uh, they they're like yo what's up. Uh, What's up, Dooku? As he pops up, and instead of rushing in again like he did in the second one, he's like, yeah, we'll wait. We'll take him together. And uh, we get a really good lightsaber duel in which Obi-Wan kind of gets punked out really easily twice. Yeah. <laughs> and Anakin does all of the work. Uh, so even though we see kind of Anakin's growth as to being like more responsible, we also see that he's still angry. And that Palpatine still has his claws into Anakin pretty deep as he pushes Anakin into killing the armless Dooku. And we get my most quoted line of the movie. <laughs> do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I say that all the time. I'll be looking at Jenna and I'll be like, I don't know, trying to get her to do something. I'll just be like, do it. <laughs> do it is the best. Uh and I'm still baffled, though, at this point, why Dooku, as soon as he realized what was happening, didn't go, yo, Palps is the Sith. <laughs> like, <laughs> there, yeah, that's that's one of the things that stands out to me, obviously, but there's, I think there was an interview or something with Filoni where he kind of threw his hat in the ring and explained that, I'm pretty sure. It might have even been that... Uh, that same interview or discussion where he talked about like what the duel of the fates meant from like the first movie. Cause I feel, I'm pretty sure I heard something that it kind of explained Dooku's uh, hesitation to do that anyway. But one thing I'd like to say about that scene that I really liked was the fact that, uh, you know, Anakin, like, yes, Palpatine kind of eggs him on and gets him to kill Dooku. But he immediately recognizes the fact like that was a mistake. Like he, it's not the Jedi way to kind of like kill a prisoner, and that's 
like even though he went that extra step and he did kill Dooku, he recognizes like that's not what Jedi should do. Like that's wrong for them, and that's important later. I feel like this is kind of like a an important moment where he kind of comes to terms with his own failures, but he still holds like the Jedi to a higher standard. So later in the movie, obviously when that kind of same situation comes up again, it kind of means a lot more when other people can't also hold that. Yeah. Hold that standard. That's one of the things that when I, when I talk about um, why the seat, why, why the hints are there, that's one of the big ones yeah. is that, uh, he 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 makes mistakes. He like like addresses them, and then he's like, "A Jedi wouldn't do that. I need to be better because the Jedi are better." Yeah. So it becomes uh, quite key later. Yeah, I definitely. Uh... <laughs> she makes me giggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's pretty cute. Uh, it's definitely one of the things that I hold on to is being an important thing that probably most people, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the stuff in this movie, you're not going to fully appreciate and it will help with that sudden shift that you get like later on like a first viewing, for example. Um, it won't be as bad if you watch this movie, like, I don't know, a dozen times like I have and you kind of go back through and you're like oh okay this is that and this could be that and like oh okay cool but uh yeah so anakin kills dooku and that i think they kind of like other characters make that sound more substantial the actual act of killing dooku later is like an all of a sudden a changing point for anakin but like uh from this point onward you know he rescues Palpatine and they're like, okay, let's get out of here. Time to go. And uh, at this point, Anakin, I love this. This was such a cool thing. But like Anakin runs over to Obi-Wan who's unconscious. He's just like, okay, I'm going to get him out of here. And Palpatine's like, no, no, just leave him. Like, we don't have time. We can't help him. And he's like, his fate will be the same as ours. I'm like, yes, that's so awesome. Because yeah. like, those three guys, like, yeah, Anakin gets taken out and obviously episode six, Palpatine's gone, Obi-Wan dies. Like, there's still, their stories are still so intertwined from, like, for the next few movies that it's, I don't know, it was just really awesome just to hear Anakin say that, like, he, he his fate's the same as ours. Like, we're, for people that obviously will see the other movies, it's it seems more substantial, but it was cool. Well, and, and, it's cool in another regards too, because um, Anakin is constantly having these little battles with himself in this movie between what he thinks he should do and, and essentially what Palpatine tells him to do. Uh, Dooku was the first. So like killing Dooku was the first and he lost that one. And then leaving or taking Obi-Wan with them when escaping was the second. And then he won that one. So he leaves the intro one and one, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so he he decides to take Obi-Wan with him because obviously he would. Like, <laughs> There's no reason why he wouldn't. Um, you know, Palpatine had to shoot his shot, I guess. And uh, we get sassy Anakin meeting General Grievous and then they tussle a bit. Uh, it's really funny to me that because of this one line, like back and forth they have here, Dave Filoni and the Clone Wars crew 
had to be very careful and make sure that Anakin and Grievous never met. Yeah. <laughs> so in seven seasons of the show, they had to be like eagle-eyed <laughs> that, that like it could come close, but they could never meet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I, that's I hilarious. That It is very funny. Um, but yes, yeah, so we uh, we essentially just escape after a nice a nice happy landing. Yes, Brinley. Happy yeah. landing. That's <laughs> I, I, another thing that I thought was cool was like uh, obviously the sh- they crashes or like splits in half and is like crashing back into Coruscant and uh, it's really cool. <laughs> like Annie's like, do you know how to fly this thing? And Annie's like. I really don't think me being able to fly this thing, given the current situation, really matters. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Oh I love his uh, like Obi Wan is very snarky, and it's awesome. He like it's on full swing in this movie, but uh, Anakin has his own little oh, confident jabs back. I, I loved that line. I'm like, you're right, Anakin. It does not matter given the situation. That's awesome, man. You you land whatever you can. Anyway, yeah, they land peacefully, <laughs> which is surprising. And Anakin goes to uh, to see his baby mama, uh, rocking her sweet, sweet cinnamon buns. Uh, and we learn here, I guess, because I, I kind of spoiled it. I, I messed up there. But <laughs> we learn that she's Pragunte. Uh, I love Hayden's acting here as he cycles like through a bunch of emotions before settling yeah. on happiness. Like, it's it's very good. Um but once again, they aren't very subtle. They are kissing and having this conversation literally feet away from Palpatine, a bunch of senators, and Mace Windu. Yeah, they... He doesn't wait. Like, I'm just saying, like, Yoda could sense Anakin's misery from, like, systems away when he did stuff in the second movie. I'm sure Palpatine... Well, I know Palpatine definitely would, but, like, Mace Windu, Yoda, or something would probably sense, wow, Skywalker's like super happy for some reason. Like he's never been so happy before. Well, he's probably better at hiding it now. Something tells me that's not true. I would assume I would assume it is. I think he, he's probably learned because he's probably learned to have to hide it. Uh... Like he probably has to hide his presence when he goes to like to to their apartment at night and stuff. And he's there a lot. Yeah, he's there. Of course he is. They're not subtle. <laughs> like, he's there so often. The um, but yeah, you're right. Like they they're doing a very bad job. But you're like Hayden did do an awesome job. I was I noticed that the last time. I'm like, wow, you see like three different emotions on the guy. He's scared. He's like happy. Then he's kind of scared again. Then he's something else. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he settles on happy. I'm like you go, man. You worked through that whole stressed out moment. Good for you. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Just that little bit. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The hair brushing balcony scene is incredibly painful. It was really poorly written. I wonder why no one was like, George, let's not include this. Or maybe let's 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 take a second pass at this. Uh, like even like it, it's it. It feels not well acted, too, maybe because it is so poorly written, <laughs> but I, it's just not good, and I don't think it should be there. Like, I know it's 
purpose. I know it's there to show that love is blind to Anakin. Like she says as much. Like she's very overt. She's like, uh, "Love has blinded you." But there's better ways to express that, I think, than what they did with yeah. that the terrible, terrible dialogue. Um, so we get the big thing of this movie uh, as we hear Palpatine is getting ready to get a new apprentice. And Anakin has a dream of Padme dying in childbirth. And we know from the last movie and his promise that what happened to his mother would never happen again, uh, which he says as much in, in this movie as, as well, that he's not going to let Padme die. Like, he's not going to let this happen. And I like that they make that clear very quickly and from the beginning. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, you know, Padme means so much more to Anakin than his mother probably definitely did. I can't see how Padme could mean less. Um, he's loved her since he was a little boy. They're married. They have a child coming. Like Padme is everything Anakin's really ever wanted apart from being a super powerful, awesome Jedi. So his dreams came true before the anxiety and fear that he must have knowing that like I had these dreams before it's going to happen again I cannot let this happen especially to someone who means so much more to me it's not hard to see how he could obviously jump down a rabbit hole to lead him to the dark side like I know uh, like I just had a kid and I had anxiety enough as it was when you know Jenna was pregnant if anything ever happened to her so I can only imagine how someone like Anakin with a wide range of emotional issues and superpowers basically would also go through the same similar problems. Yeah, I don't agree with the uh, the more. <laughs> you don't think I, Pat, no, he cared about Padme more than his mom. I just as much probably. I don't I don't know about more. I think maybe it became more when she was pregnant because that's like she now is holding his child, but, and also, um, at this point in time, it may be more because she's literally the only family he has left. Like he thinks that Obi-Wan doesn't really care for him. He lost Ahsoka. Like, so like in that regard, I think it might be more, but I don't, I know. (laughs) I don't think it's, it's like a, it's not an important distinction, so I don't even know if I really brought it up, but I, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, sweetheart. What do you want, big girl? We're having a discussion about Star Wars. Come on, you're going to say something, say something about how, you know, Anakin loved Pat more than Right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. She just wants anyway. like a, she just wants some food or something. Man, given her like 120 mils in the last three hours, she's fine. <laughs> she usually eats like 80. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he has this dream, and he has he tells uh, Padme like it's not it ain't happening again. I'm not. I'm not losing you. He he makes that promise to her as well, and yeah, I liked that immediately. She didn't care about herself, you know. She cared about the kid. 
that was all she actually worried about. I'm like, that's a like a expected response, but I, I don't know. I appreciated it. Yeah. Uh, she was like, I don't really care if anything happens to me, but is is we're with the kids? Are the kids okay? <laughs> the kids fine. Yeah. I like they were talking about um, their future as well, like where they like wanted to raise the kid on Naboo and. I don't know how that all would have worked out, but I, that was a nice... There's a lot of, like, uplifting things going on at the start of this movie. It's actually really depressing how it kind of very quickly descends. Well, and they do that on purpose. <laughs> I know. Uh, quite worried about his visions, uh, Anakin goes to see Yoda for advice, and Yoda gives him possibly the worst advice anyone could give him at this time. Uh he just warns him about the dark side and is like deal with it. He's like, be happy when people die. Or you'll go to the dark side. Like <laughs> you're gonna have to get over it and be joyful because they're now part of the force and they're always with you, which like he doesn't actually say that, but like I, I assume that's what he's getting at. And like, so that's kind of nice and stuff, but it would have. It's funny, like how easily it would have been solved if Yoda just said, "Visions are often self-fulfilling, and we have to try to let go of our fears of the future, and try our best to live in the present." Instead, he said what he said, and like Anakin didn't need to hear that. <laughs> you can see it on, uh, you know, on Hayden's face. That scene is really captivating, and because. Like Hayden's face is, for whatever reason, they're in a really dark room, and his face is like shrouded by like you know by darkness the whole time. But except a tiny little bit of his face is actually like shown with like the light. But he's not a happy looking guy. Like I know he's distressed because of the dreams, but I kind of thought it was cool. Like we're having this very serious conversation where he's kind of on a like he's on a teeter totter right now, and he kind of go either way, and. Yoda is giving him this very weak advice that sure would apply to any regular Jedi, but this is Anakin who has not had a regular go since he even got to the order. And they know has had emotional stuff happen to him in the past. And, you know, here he is very vulnerable getting this really bad advice. And I just really liked how in that scene, like Hayden is just cast in like the shadow and I thought it was really cool, like that he's mostly in shadow and he's getting this advi- advice from Yoda because it's like, yeah, no matter what Yoda said, just how it's all framed, I'm like, he's pretty much gone. Yeah, <laughs> and this uh, scene pretty much helps establish that, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the two other movies that I can think of that do something like that with the light really well, uh, that also do that like for like moments is the first one that comes to mind is Spider-Man: Homecoming. When the uh, they're in the car with the vulture, oh, yeah. and the light yeah. turns green on his face once he realizes that, like once he just figure, well, he figures out that Peter is Spider Man, and then um, the other one is uh, another Star Wars movie. It's Force Awakens. That when the sunlight that's coming in on um, on on a Star Killer base. Yeah, on his face uh, on Starkiller Base. I was about to spoil something, and I was like, I don't know if I should because maybe. Well, you already spoiled Spider Man, man. 
No, no. Yes. <laughs> what yes. I was going to spoil is something that most people don't know, like you don't know. Like, so I didn't want to spoil it. Dude, in I've case seen, some people still want to play Fallen Order. Seven. It has nothing to do with Episode 7. <laughs> oh, Fallen Order is different than... Well, I was thinking about Episode 7. Yeah, I know. I'm talking about Episode 7. But there's something... Fallen Order. Yes, there's a spoiler that I'm not saying. Oh. Man, I'm not following you. Okay, then I'm just going to say it. Spoiler alert for the next 10 seconds. Uh, I was going (laughs) to say... I was going to say Illum instead of Starkiller Base, because Starkiller Base is on Illum. Oh, well, I don't think that was a surprise to me. I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. Okay, whatever. I'll I'll try not to not spoil things for your sake ever again. (laughs) That's okay. So yeah, so uh, as I was saying, that scene when the light goes off his face and it just he's just covered in red right before he uh, does the deed to his daddy is uh, is another really good one of, of that same kind of thing with the light. Yeah. So I appreciate I appreciate those scenes. Uh, we also learn here uh, it's one of those things that probably one of the few things I think kind of comes out of nowhere in in this movie is uh the jedi are starting to be suspicious of palpatine for some reason yeah. like obi-wan has said that he is uneasy about palpatine and i wish just like even in the crawl they would have provided a little more information on that as to like why because it feels like it's kind of out of nowhere like obviously i know it's because he's in such a position of power and it's mostly down to that but like they don't do a real good job of, of no it. they i'm pretty sure really all they really say uh is just how he's been able to stay in power for so much longer than uh what is typical like he stayed past uh past his term like two or three times and even anakin's like well the people voted for him to stay in he's like yeah but that's wrong like there's something more going on to that that's weird and uh, it's really all they kind of give you. Yeah, it's all they give you, and you kind of just like have to have to roll with it. Uh, but Annie is like, "Nah, my weird uncle is the best. Go Palps!" <laughs> and uh, That's sweet, man. yeah, <laughs> Palps decides to put Anakin on the Jedi Council as like his representative. So Anakin's like, "Yes, I'm a master. Woohoo!" But Mace is like, "You ain't a master, son." And I know, like, this is supposed to seem like a really big old insult to Anakin. And I feel like to everyone who's watching it who's not super familiar with things, they'd be like, yeah, that's that's rude. Um, But if you're familiar with, like, the inner workings of the Jedi, typically one cannot become a Jedi Master without having trained a Padawan to knighthood. So it is, like, a medium insult because they could have made an exception being that they're in a time of war or they could have made an exception because he technically, like, Ahsoka was pretty much at the point of knighthood. But he technically didn't ever raise a Padawan to knighthood and is, was therefore not eligible to become a master. So medium insult. <laughs> not, yeah, not a big and I'm insult, pretty sure, insult. like, it, it's not, uh, I'm sure it's not actually canon anymore. Like, it's probably more of a Legends thing, but, like, Anakin basically became a Jedi Knight. And again, I'm kind of going off of like that cartoony Clone Wars show that I showed you. That's what I kind of based on because I haven't watched the like proper Clone Wars show. 
But uh, as far as I was concerned, he basically became a Jedi Knight right before the attack on Coruscant. Now, I'm sure you would counter that. No, yeah, it that's, happened that's... way differently in the Clone Wars. No, even in that Clone Wars, it happened. It happened. Uh... Yeah, no, that's um... he. He. It was like partway through, like a, probably a year into the Clone Wars, because um, they just needed more. They, I, I think he was ready, or like he was close to being ready. So I don't think he was part of this, but there was a lot of uh, Padawans being promoted early because they needed more commanders for um, the clones. Yeah, like people and were then, being rushed through. Yeah, and then essentially it reached a point where they were like, we can't keep doing this, so we're going to start sending Padawans <laughs> just like with their knights into the war. Yeah, and I mean, you can't just... Regardless, like Anakin's still a fairly new Jedi Knight to all this. You can't just be like, oh, okay, well, you know what? Let's also just make him a master. Which like, is jump, like, just keep throwing him up there. Keep throwing this guy a bone. Well, they kind of did the, like, I guess to play devil advocate to my own point. Because, <laughs> uh, like, I, I think he, like, they, yes, they could have made an exception. And they probably should have because he did technically raise, like, a knight. Uh, Padawan to essentially knighthood. Um, they're sticklers for their code, and you know they probably would never have like made an exception. So, like, I'm I'm mostly fine with it. But especially where it's coming from Palpatine, really. Yeah, especially where it's coming from Palpatine. That's a big part of it. But at the same time, Obi Wan was made a knight on a technicality because he killed a Sith, and he also became a master immediately after raising Anakin to knighthood. So, like, he was also kind of fast-tracked. Yeah, I guess so. But, yeah, anyways. Uh, I don't think it's as big of insult as they try to make it out to be. I think it's supposed to be more of Anakin being like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely, I personally got the sense that he was the one a little bit more upset about the situation than he should have been. Yeah, like, while it's true that it sucks that you were the first, like person on the council who's not a master like it's like too too bad so sad <laughs> he's also the youngest person on the council yes there's also that uh but after this scene we get probably the best part of the movie uh so it starts with we learn that anakin was only accepted to be on the council because of how close he is to Palpatine and that they want him to spy on Palpatine, something that like Jedi wouldn't do. So he's quite shocked by that, that they're asking him to do something so like unethical. Well, it directly interferes with politics, right? And also that, which they're not supposed to do. Not Um, supposed to do. (laughs) And then not only that, uh, we also learn that, Mace does not trust Anakin, and they are beginning to possibly doubt the Chosen One prophecy. Yeah. When Yoda, Mace, and Obi-Wan are talking, when uh, Yoda says misread, the prophecy could have been, or something along those lines. <laughs> and then right from that, we hop into the even the better, best part of the movie, when we get the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Well, I think just before you get to that... Uh, there is a really quick scene just after uh, you find out like 
Mace Windu and Yoda were kind of second guessing Anakin as a as a master, or sorry, as like the chosen one or whatever. He has like a conversation with Padme, and she starts talking about how uh, maybe they're on the wrong side of the war. Like mm. the Republic isn't really what they thought it was, and even she starts asking him maybe go and talk to the Chancellor and get him to end this war because this is like try and use your influence with him to do something. And I think it kind of like he's again being asked by somebody that you know is from the establishment that he's supposed to respect and and love, like the Republic and the Jedi. And that was coming from Padme, who's his wife. Like, hey, do something that you don't really, like, you know is kind of wrong. Like, it's against what you believe in for this reason. And especially where everything's pointing towards Palpatine. Like, the Jedi are saying, hey, watch Palpatine. He's being tricksy. And then, like, Padme's like, go talk to Pad- uh, Palpatine. We-, we need him to do this. And he kind of comes on unglued a little bit on her. Yeah. Because there's thought- another... It's another instant of someone he trusts and someone he holds to a certain standard telling him to do something that is against yeah. that standard. And it's, it's again, it's another thing like in the book, like another, another check, check mark on the list <laughs> it, towards his like eventual decision. And it's important because it's coming from Padme too, right? Like he holds her in such a high regard that, you know, for it to come from her is just another frustrating thing. Straight up, straight up. But yeah, now we get to Plagueis. Yes, now we get to the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise while we're at a super like weird, trippy play. And uh, if Palpatine's hooks were in deep before, like those hooks are now drawn blood. Like <laughs> it's pretty much set in stone at this point that he has Anakin. Like he's got him. Yeah. And because uh, we know Anakin refuses to let Padme die. And he's refusing to let anyone he cares about die, but like he has made the promise that Padme's not going to die. His trust in the Jedi was already shaken after three years of war. Then he got Yoda's shitty advice. Then the insult of not being granted the rank of master. Then not sending him to fight Grievous. And then asking him to spy on his friend and mentor. And as you mentioned, the talk with Padme... And then finally comes Palpatine being all understanding about it. Being like, they asked you to spy on me. That sucks. I get it, but that sucks. I ain't mad at you, sweetie. Oh, and also this Sith and his apprentice know how to stop people from dying with the Force, by the way. (laughs) This, uh, I love this. How he delivers the story about uh, Plagueis is just so captivating to me. Like, this powerful lord of the sith that could you know manipulate the metachlorians to create life like he was so powerful that he could do whatever he wanted he could save the ones he wanted from dying keep himself alive basically like it was so cool and (laughs) obviously he's just talking about his own like origin so to speak yeah he's talking about (laughs) his own master how he basically killed his own master and he's using that to kind of further coax Anakin to kind of get what he wants but I found this such a cool uh, piece of lore building for like the whole like universe I guess and uh, I know it's a little out of out of focus here but when I watched episode 7 I was adamant adamant 
I would have like played Russian roulette with this. I was like, yeah, 100% Snoke is Darth Plagueis. Like I was on that man. Oh, I was and... I was so on board for that and then when it didn't happen, I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Like it was I remember having like I was sitting at supper based on this conversation. I'm like, it's all like you know that meme from uh what's that show? It's that really sketchy guy from uh Oh, it's always horrible. sunny. Always sunny. Yeah, he's like on the like board. He's got like yeah. the sketched out face. That was me at like dinner table so like Jenna's uh like the in-laws, Jenna's parents, and I'd be like, and this is connected to this, and it's Darth Plagueis, and this is blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, like, ruining suppers because I was so convinced. And it's because of how uh, deeply, like, how deep this one scene is, I found for, like, world building, yeah. is this introduction for Plagueis. And it's so strong as a point, and Palpatine's super smart for using it because, yeah, it really, like you said, it, if he had claws in it before, it's in there deep now and drawing blood because this is 100% the thing that Anakin has in his mind for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And it, it didn't help, like, for the, the Plagueis thing. It did not help that in the book, the Plagueis book, they they kept it up in the air. Like, when he died, it was still kind of like, but maybe he's alive somehow. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So, yeah. No, I... uh. I was certain it was plagues for a very long time as well, and and, and was nothing but disappointed when it wasn't. <laughs> he also but, says this very sorry, the very famous line now: "The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities that some would consider unnatural." unnatural. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Like Anakin should have had some red flags from this oh, conversation. There's, there's <laughs> so many red flags with with Palpatine. <laughs> like, like just He's not even. He's not even hiding it anymore. He's basically Anakin and Padme with a romance. Yeah, he's just mad chilling. He's like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Obi Wan goes uh, off on his own. We get a nice scene of them saying goodbye to each other, which means a lot more. Like later, what? Because once once stuff starts to go down, because this is kind of their last goodbye. Um, but Obi-Wan goes off on his own to Utapau to find General Grievous, uh, where we get the muchly memed hello there. <laughs> and uh, there's a fight scene. I don't really have much to say about it. Uh, Obi-Wan shoots him to death with a gun after Darely escaping the helicopter blades of death. It's fine, I think. Like, it's okay. I don't, not, not a whole lot to it no like when i watched uh that whole utapau sequence i'm like like this is cool like grievous is just such a it's one of the faults from this trilogy is that none of their villains like really amounted to anything you know like none of them had any kind of staying power uh past one movie and heck if you think about it grievous lasted an hour like he died within an hour ish of the movie yeah like dooku is probably about the same runtime from when he showed up in episode two to when he died in episode three and Maul had like four scenes. So like none of the villains really have staying power. And that's one of the things I will criticize this trilogy on is like, they could have oh. definitely had a villain last longer. Cause like you said, the scene cool. Grievous died. Who cares? Well, they, they have all the staying power in the world. The problem is that George doesn't let them stay. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, that's kind of you know, same mold. Like, like the characters obviously have staying power because like Clone Wars has showed us that like people care. Yeah, but in terms of like the movie, right? Like, with well, they're, they're just, just not just... present in the movie. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> that's that's a problem. They don't have any presence really in the movie to last because they're killed. Yeah, and it's only when you look at the ex like the stories, like the books and the Clone Wars TV show, that you get any of that other you know character building and like Darth Maul especially. He's even technically in another movie. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it really confuses me too why they would send only one Jedi to get Grievous. He's a like, master. Still, even in like just in the, the 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 scenario, like the context of this movie alone, it's weird because yeah. this is a guy that has gotten away from like already gotten away from them once when there was two of them. Uh, they obviously like I know. I know from like a, a wire context point that the Jedi are kind of stretched out and they kind of even talk about it in the meeting, like when Yoda goes to Kashyyyk. But there were other people on the council there that could have gone with them. There's other knights they should have probably sent. Like, yeah. And then even from a wider context, Obi-Wan has fought Grievous multiple times and failed to capture him. <laughs> like, failed, this, but he hasn't died. But... The, you are like this is supposed to be your final, final like attempt to get Grievous. Yeah. Why are you sending one person? Yeah, take Mace with with you or something. It's it's foolish. Like they should have like sent a smart person would have sent Obi Wan and Anakin at least. Like, well, I they are your all our all star team. Like you're right. Like it makes more sense. Especially where he is apparently the linchpin to ending the war. You don't want to hedge your bets on Obi Wan. Well, that's then... that's it. Like this is or him escaping and this going on longer. Like you, this is your final. Like you're planning this to be your final assault to capture this guy. Like you feel like you have him cornered, and you send one person. <laughs> it's a weird decision, um, I think, but. So yeah, he uh, he obviously at the end of it he kills Grievous, and then th there's some stuff that happens kind of in and amongst this, like on the that's kind of the Obi Wan story of things. Doubling back to Anakin just after uh, Obi Wan left, you get a scene where he has like another vision, and it's of uh, actually Obi Wan helping Padme in childbirth, yeah. which to Anakin would clearly raise some red flags. She's like, they don't know about this like they don't know about her i don't think being pregnant yeah it's weird i don't know like is she pregnant and they're like oh it's some random guy or what but uh anakin has this vision and he's obviously going to talk to padme he's like obi-wan's been here and he kind of she's like yeah yeah he came by this morning he's worried about you and then he starts asking all these questions like he's like prodding into her which i felt this is the start of some weird behavior from anakin that um kind of started with episode two like i can kind of it's kind of almost rehashing a bit of episode two sorry um where he'll be really cool with obi-wan and then very quickly afterwards he's kind of like against him in a way so like i know before in this movie he's like right away at the start they're buddy buddy they're having a great time and then he's a little upset i know 
about the whole like spy on Palpatine thing. But they just parted ways, you know. They literally just parted ways. He said, "Go. I wish I was going with you. Like, good luck, all that stuff." And now he's instantly grilling Padme about like. Well, yeah, because this is his biggest secret that yeah. could like it could destroy his life. Like, if they find out, like, obviously, eventually he probably have to tell them. But like, I'm sure that's not on his mind right now. So like, this is his biggest secret. When Padme is dying, he's not there. But Obi-Wan's there, like, and he's already stressed. He's already dealing with a lot. Like, I, I, I don't think it's out, like, super out of character for this to be happening <laughs> at, this, uh, at this point. I don't know. It, it feels a little odd to me, but I, I get what you mean. Like, you're right. But at the same time, how can you be like, this is our greatest secret, man? You've been hyping on her for two movies now. But it's still, Pretty like, it's because so. it's still his greatest secret. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Like, if, if people found out, as far as he knows, he would be kicked out of the Jedi Order. She would probably be removed from the Senate for yeah. for a conflict of interest. Like, there's a lot to it, like, why they're keeping it a secret. I can, I get that, I guess. But it's just... I, I don't appreciate how sudden some of his wording is in regards to people that he's, in one scene... Sh- propping up and being like i miss you i love you man good luck and then he's just like i don't trust him i don't trust any of them i want to be more but i mean at the very least from that scene you're getting the fact that he's again promising padman he's like i'm not going to let anything happen to you like it's another vision where he's seeing something like her dying and he's like i am not letting anything happen to you when you have to remember too that as much as he likes and cares for obi-wan he knows that obi-wan is like the quintessential Jedi. Yeah. So when it comes to some things, as much as he may love Obi-Wan and, and, and care for him, like he knows some things can't like Obi-Wan just won't be able to deal with or or handle, or at least he thinks like, I'm sure if he actually did tell Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan would have been fine with it as the clone Wars suggests that Obi-Wan was kind of aware the whole time. Like, because obviously they're not subtle. Doesn't, uh, in the Clone Wars, doesn't Obi-Wan have, like, a Mandalorian girlfriend? Is Anakin aware of her or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, he had a lot, like, he's had love interests, and that he's, but he's let them go. Like, he's done the proper Jedi thing. Yeah. But, so, yeah, we, uh, after this, Palts is finally, like, I think my, my claws are deep enough, so he plays his hand. And he reveals himself to Anakin, which sounds super dirty <laughs> in, in, in retrospect. Um, dark, even. <laughs> Got him. Nailed it. Anakin is like, what the heck? I'm going to go tell Sam. And then he tells Mace Windu. And Mace Windu's like, good work, kid. Stay here. And uh, we're going to go arrest him. And when we arrest him, you'll probably be a Jedi Master. Yeah. Like, again, it's... that's another... It's another issue where he's like, "Oh, so now you'll make an exception?" Yeah, because I did something helpful. Bargaining with him, yeah. And so, I mean, doesn't help when Mace Windu literally says, "Like, if what you said is true, then you've earned my trust." It's like, oh, "Okay, you haven't trusted me this whole time." Like, I get that you and I are like at odds, but it just proves my point. Like, I have felt for the longest time alienated by you, especially Mace Windu, but other people. And you just proved it. Like you have yeah, not so, trusted. Yeah, we're gonna ignore my my uh, 
15 years of service to the Jedi Order. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, all the great things that I have done. Sure. Thanks, man. Good good talk. <laughs> I I don't know. Like, do you think the fact, because so far in this movie, Anakin has felt betrayed by people, right? He's felt betrayed by the Jedi. In some ways, he felt betrayed by Padme for asking him to also ask the Chancellor to do some stuff. But as soon as the Chancellor is just like, hey, I'm a Sith Lord. Let me teach you all these dark, horrible things. And let's be real. Like, Anakin's been groomed his, the vast majority of his life to be anti-Sith and anti-bad guys. This is the biggest betrayal up front that he's had, right? And he doesn't instantly murk him? No, but he, like, this show, like, it it shows how conflicted he is because Palpatine is here offering a surefire way, at least as, as, as it's being presented, a surefire way to save Padme. Yeah. But he is also a Sith. So he's like, I'm not going to deal with, like, I can't deal with this, but I'm going to go and tell the people who can deal with this. So, like, he's he's essentially, for a moment, he's like, I'm, I this might break my promise. I can't kill him. Like, I'm not going to do it for probably a multitude of reasons. Like, it, this dude was like my creepy uncle <laughs> for not like acts the creepy, but this dude was like a like family to me, but also like he's offering to save Padme. What am I going to do? So it's like his final battle with himself. And for a moment he picks the right side and he goes and he tells the Jedi. I really wish they had a fight. Would that have been cool? Would that have made sense in any capacity? No, like I don't he think instantly so. Instantly finds out about this. He'd ha- he'd have to lose. <laughs> like, well, unless he almost like maybe he does lose, but you know, Palpatine, you know, says I'm not going to hurt you. Like you're my friend. Like you know what I mean. Like, and he proves to like because Anakin thinks he's top shit, right? But this old man defeats him and spares his life. It's just like, yeah, I am strong. I can show you instead of just like you know telling him I can do it. Prove that he's super OP too. I don't, I don't know. I like lightsaber fights. That would have been cool. Yeah, but like I guess from like an outside perspective too, though the the Palpatine lightsaber fights are not good <laughs> because no. of the fact that they didn't they decided to have the actors do it themselves. Uh, which yeah, so Mace gathers a squad of uh, I think they're all Jedi Masters who go like they're all for the most part they're all on the council. Yeah, right. There's two of them for sure. Yeah, it's so like. Uh, Kid Fisto's there, I think. No, Kiedi Mundi's not there. So Kid Fisto's there, and then like the uh, Eeth Koth is there, I believe. And I don't know the other one, but I I do know it, but I can't recall. I'd have to see it. And uh, they go and they get owned real quick. <laughs> they, they get they get hella bopped, and um, Mace starts fighting them, and then we have the uh, the old man lightsaber off, and. Uh, Palps is like about to get murked by uh, by Mace and Anakin. Yeah. Who I was just about to stop you there for a sec before Anakin gets there. I just want to touch on that really awesome scene where, like, yeah, Mace is going to go and confront um, Palpatine with the Masters, but like Anakin's sitting up in the Jedi Council room, like he's been told to, and you get like that really eerie music where, like, you can. Anakin's just sitting there waiting for who knows what to happen. 
and he's like got the music playing and he's like looking across the city like over to where like their apartment is and Padme's looking back at him and you see like you know like this is where the moment's going to be decided where he is going to go and do something he doesn't know what yet but he's yeah. going to go and uh, like and he's crying because like he's crying cuz it's like he like he said he he knows he's going to do something and he doesn't know what so he's either he's going to break his promise or he's going to do something not good so he's crying and then he yeah it's pivotal man like that's a really cool scene and the music just makes it like this is one of those things where it's super subtle um that you don't get you definitely don't get in the sequel trilogies this kind of there's more shown in that one scene in my opinion than a lot of a lot of the movies have shown so far yeah for sure so he makes his split he goes he shows up and he just happens to come at the worst time when uh, Mace Windu has Palpatine down and pretty much out. And uh, then the thing happens. And uh, he says, we have to kill him. He's too dangerous to be kept alive. A direct requote from Palpatine when he was telling Anakin to kill Dooku. The exact lines were said, he is too dangerous to be kept alive. And Anakin at the time said that is not the Jedi way. But here the master, pretty much the second in command of the Jedi, is saying it. He's so, also the person that like Anakin has also had the most problems with when it comes to uh, yeah. the Jedi Order. Significant distrust with, even just in this movie alone, like yeah. has had issues with. So he makes a split, des- split second decision. And he chooses wrong. <laughs> and he uh, he cuts off Mace Windu's arm. And Mace Windu's yeeted out the window via lightning. He's alive. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We don't know. Uh, and then Palpatine, he's got, he's got his new apprentice. He, uh, he has Anakin at that point, And Anakin joins him. And uh, he joins him with the... A condition that Palpatine saves Padme. Yeah. As long as you save Padme's life, he says, I will join. And uh, which is important for like a significant, like for a certain line choice they use uh, later in the movie. But he joins him. He gets christened Darth Vader. Oh, yes, Darth Vader, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he gets Chris and Darth Vader, and essentially Order 66 begins. Uh, Anakin is sent to the temple to kill the Jedi. And uh, this is where he goes to kill some younglings, and this is a, a pretty big point of contention amongst people, and it, we're at, finally at the point where I have prepared my argument in defense. <laughs> yeah, I... For me, weirdly enough, like even still, even after... I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. I get it. For me, the whole like sudden shift thing happened immediately after killing uh, Mace Window. Like, I get it. He's just like I. Like, he realized he fucked up. Like, he says it himself. But like, Hayden does this like look change. Like, he's panicking and he yeah. feels defeated. And he's like, "Help me save Padme's life." But he like 
Palpatine starts talking about how like only one person has had this power before, uh, but if we work together, we can kind of figure it out. And Hayden's got this like complete character change on his face where he's pledging himself to uh, to Palpatine, and it was just like that sudden shift as much as i understand it it felt weird for me still and i don't, I don't know if that makes sense i don't think i know what you're talking about I, I i don't think his face changes during that scene at that point he stays mostly in like a state of shock in my yeah. like to my memory and he just listens and it isn't until like you see him uh walking on the steps of the temple that you see well, his face is kind of set in like a in like a determined they're right when he's talking about how he can't live without Padme. He looks very like, uh, like he's got a lot of like panic and anxiety on his face. But then, just as soon as Palpatine starts talking about how, like, they're gonna have to work together, I felt like the anxiety and everything kind of went away, and he instantly had like, like a desperate kind of confidence on his face that like, yep, we're gonna do this. I pledge myself to you and your teachings. Like, let's go fall down that way. That's just how I, that's where I started thinking about it. And it's because of that, maybe a little bit where I'm like, I get it, man. I get it. So I just pulled, I just pulled it up and I'm watching it and I don't, I don't see that. I see like resignation and then disgust on his own face. And then he stands up and it cuts to Yoda. Yeah, I have it open too. But I guess that's that. Just like who knows what was supposed to be there, but I I don't see that. I see like panic, anxiety, disgust, regret, and then it cuts away. Yeah, it maybe that's part of some of I don't know. It's hard to explain, but uh, for me, that's kind of where. It, the weirdness kind of started. It's not just his facial expressions. It's just the fact that, you know, regardless of how you feel about Mace Windu and everything else, your years have also taught you, like, this guy's still a Sith. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, so this is is kind of where I get into my explanations of why I think... Like, I think it's quick, but I think there's a... Like, there's reasons for the quickness and there's stuff. Like, so there's all the stuff, the build-up that we've been talking about so far throughout this and throughout the other movies... But then there's also two explanations that they kind of give throughout. And the first, uh, it comes from the novelization. So, like, I don't... When when there's an official novelization of a movie, I think that that counts pretty much almost as much as, like, as it does to the movie. Like, I know not everyone reads them, but it's the same thing. It's just it has a little more detail. And it says that in that, that... At that moment when that happened... They, it, Anakin essentially pictured himself at a mountain top, and there at the top of this mountain, he had to weigh the Jedi and he had to weigh Padme. So, like on one hand was the Jedi and and continuing to follow them, and on the other was Padme. And once he chose Padme, there was no going back. Like he he set himself to saving Padme. He made the promise. He was doing it. And then Palpatine told him, like Palpatine says the words that the only way to save Padme is to embrace the dark side. And he, ha- and he knows what must be done to embrace the dark side. So he has to do something so dark 
like so truly dark side that he can embrace it and have the power to save Padme. And that's killing the younglings. Yeah. That is why he does it. Palpatine says, do not hesitate, show no mercy. And only then will you be strong enough with the dark side to save Padme. So he goes and like killing the Jedi. You can tell he's not, he's not super thrilled, but when he gets to the younglings, that's the moment. Like you can even see it on his face. Where he's like, I can't hesitate. I need to do this to have the power to save Padme. And he does it. So he he has his orders. He has his promise. And he has, as far as he knows, one of the peoples he trusts most in the world is telling him that the only way to save Padme is this. So yeah. like I, I feel one like it's rushed. clearly betrayed him more than anybody else in a lot of ways. Sure, but like... Everyone has betrayed him at this point. Like, kind of, yeah. And Palpatine is still the only one, like, only person of guidance, and is the only one offering a solution. So, like, it it can feel rushed, but I think like everything is there for why it is so quick and why he is like suddenly like, like this is the only way to do it. We're at this tipping point. Like, I, I I've gone too far. I just like helped kill Mace Windu. There's multiple dead Jedi that I ran past on my way in here. Like, this is it. Yeah. Like, I keep trying to think about, like, when I'm uh, talking about all this, like, I do try to just look at the movie as at face value, like, without taking Clone Wars or, like, books and stuff like that into consideration and well that's why i I didn't even that's why i didn't even mention them like even without the novelization without that um to a casual viewer though this is a very sudden shift (laughs) like sure but i don't i i am i'm very much against pan like if, if anyone who's watched my marvel stuff that i've done so far i am not really for pandering to the casual audience yeah if they can't see something that's in the movie, then like that's that's kind of on them. Like if you followed everything, I feel like everything's there. Yeah, especially I think when you're looking at episode two, and you're seeing the impact of like how he lost his mother, and how those breadcrumbs of things were laid out in this movie, it can it can make sense. Um, I, I can still just see why that could still be an issue for some people. Oh, I, I can certainly see why it's an issue. I just don't agree. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't agree that it is. Like, I can see why it would be an issue and why some people would like it. But at the other hand, I'm like, but it's still good. Go pound sand. <laughs> yeah. Like, my my all-time favorite scene in this movie is when he marches on the temple. Like, that, yeah. the song that plays, I think it's called uh, oh, Battle in the Arena or something like that. But anyway... I that song and that scene of him like marching up the steps with the 501st awesome like it's amazing man and I'm sure like the epicness of him marching into the temple the way he does is 100% like what they use for that uh, or that KOTOR the old Republic uh, cinematic trailer where the Sith attacked the Jedi temple in the past like I'm sure there was some sort of inspiration uh, from this scene for that trailer yeah because it's awesome oh like when in a blue moon i do work out that's one of my songs i always listen to just because it's epic 
Oh yeah, Anakin's Dark Deeds is the one like on the the Revenge of the Sith album, and I have that like saved to multiple playlists. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think like 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 I was saying, um, that's that's the first like reason. The first the first reason is the novelization. The second reason is the one I went into about like the actual lines and the and the strength and having to embrace the dark embrace the dark side, and um. I think like what the movie could have done to improve, like I, I'm not, I'm not super blind to it. Like I admit that it, it can feel fast. So like the movie could have done a few more moments of conflict of like back and forth because like you said, the books in the, the clone Wars shouldn't have to fill in those kind of gaps. Like it, it, it's a valid complaint to say that like the movies should be their own thing. And like the story should be told well enough within the own movies. So I agree that they could have been a little bit better. But one thing they did do well, I think, is showing that once he made the decision, he, he like he embraced it. And I mean, you still see throughout the course of the rest of the movie, he is still uh, conflicted. Like he's not happy about what he's doing. Like yeah, he's upset he, when he murders all those kids. And, and then he's he upset has, on Mustafar still, too. Yeah, he has the one moment where his eyes like go back to blue on Mustafar. And yeah. then... And then he kind of like he embraces it again. He he expresses his regret, and then he moves past it, and he gets back to it, and he's he's Vader again. Like, so at the very least, I can appreciate the fact that you know, even though it is sudden to people, um, and I've swayed back and forth, but like I, I do like the fact that yeah, you still see the conflict in him. Uh, even pretty much almost right up until the end. <laughs> yeah. So, like, essentially, I guess, uh, to sum up my argument, uh, I am I am perfectly okay with what we got. I think what we got is fine. It is sudden, but it works. Um, could they have improved it by adding a bit more moments of conflict? Yes. Does the novelization in the Clone Wars help make it even better? Yes. <laughs> uh Regardless, though, Order 66 is really sad. Uh, it's even more sad when you consider all of the point of views we've gotten since. It's yeah. like Cal Kestis's point of view, Ahsoka's point of view, Kanan's point of view. Like, we've seen it from so many different areas and just how, like, bad it was and sad stuff. I also like the scene of Jet Lucas's cameo when he's trying to save Bail Organa. Very nice. Yeah, Rest in peace, little Jedi dude. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you see Order 66, which, yeah, at the time was like, holy smokes, man. They just killed everybody. And it was cool because it kind of, uh, like we talked about it in episode two, when Obi-Wan went to Kamino and they're talking about how, like, you know, the clones are willing to, or they've been created to kind of take any order without question. And this is kind of, is the word yeah, they use. yeah, this is kind of like, the f- culmination of that like you get it in the clone wars where like the the chips were a thing and like it was even found out like there was some sort of like flaw or whatever with them and i'm pretty sure the jedi were well aware of like what order 66 was but it was only in like no they were they were aware of the they were aware of the chips and that there was something going on with the conditioning but they they weren't aware of the actual like order 66 they weren't Five. aware that there was an order to, like, in the event of a, like, rogue Jedi or something like that? Yeah, no. Uh, they were, 
they might have been like maybe like like at a very base level there was a, like an order for them to act in the case of like someone going rogue but not they weren't aware of like the order in that regard like that it was that that existed to wipe them all out or that to have them turn on them that mm. like fives tried to tell them but they all thought he was crazy because his like his chip was malfunctioning and stuff yeah the uh but yeah it's crazy like you get that that one line in the second movie uh and then obviously you get this scene like you're probably when you're watching this you're not even thinking about it but when you look back now um even taking out the clone wars tv show like just looking at episode two and episode three that one line had such impact it was such a like almost like a throwaway line like it was there small little thing and you see it in full force right here and it's just like holy smokes they just killed all of those jedi yeah and one thing one thing i love too uh not to interrupt but one thing i I love is that the jedi don't sense that it's coming because there's no like there's no ill emotions like there's no malice directed towards them like to use like the example of a spidey sense like there's no like there's no direct like energy towards them like negative or anything like that they they like they're just conditioned they're just doing their job so they don't like the the clones i mean so they don't sense it like so yeah. none of them see it coming and i like that that's something that they continued throughout all of them so like ahsoka is only warned of what's happening because rex tries to fight it uh cal Kestis's master jared DePaul, only knows what's happening because he feels all of the jedi dying so like uh, cuz like their their jedi don't get or their clones don't get the order right away they get it like a little bit after it's already started so he senses them all dying and he acts from that and then it's like uh like kiadi mundi gets shot in the back because he doesn't sense that they've turned on him like it's only yoda who is sensing all this death and stuff that that realizes what's going on and and stops it well i was actually going to just backtrack i was pretty sure kiadi mundi he didn't get shot in the back like he kind of waved them on right because he was like leading a force across like that bridge and like he was like oh come on let's go and then they obviously like lined up the firing squad on him and he had to like block their shots and he couldn't block them all well yeah um, like, I mean, still they still shot him from like he turned around but they still shot him from behind yeah but what i was gonna say was that uh what i another thing i really appreciated was the fact that like these clones were like we said this has probably been three to six years or whatever since Attack of the Clones. So these clones have been with these Jedi for years, watching them, fighting with them. Like they're, they know how to, like they were trained very well before they were put in service, but they've been training with these Jedi essentially for years as well. So like when it comes time to say putting down a guy like Keon Monday, they know how to do them. Like they yeah. know how to take these guys out because they've been with them for years. So that's and just I like extra that. lethality. That's really cool to see. Yeah, and there's, there's, I don't think there's enough of it, but there is some like nice moments too, to show like that they're close with the clones, like Anakin trying to go save them in the battle at the beginning, yeah. uh, Obi Wan and Cody, uh, Commander Cody's conversations, like when he loses his lightsaber and stuff, like they're creating like these, con- the, they, they didn't do a lot of it, but there was some creation of the connection, which I liked. Yeah. How do you feel, though, about the theory 
that palps always looked ugly and wrinkly like like this and that he was using the force to hide it uh like that he was like damaged I, I by like the dark it. side yeah I, I think i like it you know uh that's one of the things i really liked from the kotor games is that like when you're a dark side user your your very being is corrupted by the dark side um i like the idea of that i think that's really cool and i think that someone as powerful as palpatine it would obviously be in his favor to you know use the force in some capacity to kind of like hide himself in some way but it does seem a little like weird like i get that the force can do basically anything but literally camouflage your face i find a little bit off but i like the the idea of it right that like he's able to disguise himself because of how deeply corrupted he was by the dark side well it could be like a very powerful mind trick and stuff too like a force illusion on like, everybody all the time well that's like the the thing like the point about it is the, the two sith is that there's they have the entire dark side at their like disposal so yeah, they're significantly more powerful than any yeah so it's like in theory he could do that because like a, like the theory is that his, he his power is what's clouded like it's clouded the darks like the the jedi's vision like that that was... he had been doing that like him and him and Plagueis, and then ultimately just him after i thought he... it was the sith i don't know if that's legends or whatever it is anymore but like the sith temple underneath the jedi temple that was doing it i'm sure that's a part of it but like that when they're not there they would still be able to sense it um but no, I, I think the idea is cool. Like, I love the idea of Sith corru- like dark side corruption on a person. Like, it really like morphing their their being. Um, I do think it's a little weird. Yeah, the original idea, I think, what they were gonna do was was age him up to look like that over the movies. Because if you look, if you watch episode one and then go to episode two, he looks crazy old. Mm. Like. So like that the the I think the idea initially was to do that, but then eventually they're like, "That's stupid. Let's not do that." <laughs> I don't think they had to, personally. I don't think they had to do anything. Like if they just like left him looking as like he normally did, um, but then you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, you don't see Palpatine what until episode five, five or six, five. Um, like it's like what? How many decades between episode three and that movie?" 18 years or okay so two decades almost two and he's already probably like 50 something in this movie so it wouldn't be a huge stretch that like once he comes into power and he's gone full super crazy dark side i know he already is but like you know on full display for everyone to see um another 18 20 years go by i can see him looking like a saggy monster yeah, they could they could have done nothing. Yeah, but you know, it's all well and good. Do do you like the idea of it or what? Yeah, I, th- I think it's cool. Uh, I don't know, like, like when I guess when would it have happened? Like, at what point would he have started looking like that? Is is more like what I would want to know. But like, I'm not I'm not opposed to it by any by any means. Yeah, like was he corrupted the entire time? Like all the way back before the Phantom Menace, he would have had to have been, because he's, you know, a normal-looking senator at that point. Yeah, so 
I'm a, I'm more interested in that regard, like of when it happened. But like I I, I don't really care too much either way. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, so uh, I I guess I don't really have much to say about the rest of the movie other than it's just greatness. Like <laughs> I suppose I wonder like once again why Yoda and Obi Wan decide to split up. Like if they had gone together to take Palpatine and then gone together to take Anakin, they probably would have like both won easily. They I definitely I have the sense that they were given the destruction of the Jedi Order that they had just experienced, uh they're probably being like, We have to stop this very, very quickly and we don't have enough time to go take out one of them, then go find the other one and go and take them out like we got to just try and do this both at the same time. Um, and, I mean, realistically, you can't have that going on in this movie. you got to have the crazy Yoda versus Palpatine. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> just from a from a, like a perspective of, like, it, within the world, they yeah. were to not, <laughs> to not go together. Given what they were facing at that time, like the entire clone army, Anakin, who they didn't actually know at this point, but, like, Anakin going full dark side well, they and did Palpatine at that not point. until they went into the temple. Yeah, but like, like I suppose. But, but uh, like going like there was a lot against them so it kind of was dumb to go separate ways. Like they are a much stronger team together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like they could have just led with, <laughs> led with that. Well, especially because like the way the movie kind of does it like I like the time it took to travel to uh, Mustafar, Yoda had his fight. It was over. Like, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, we get into the uh, the best lightsaber duel of the films of Star Wars, <laughs> as Anakin and Obi Wan fight on Mustafar. Well, what about uh, before you do that? What about when Padme shows up? Well, she shows up, she tries to, like, talk him down a bit, but, like, she's saying all of the wrong things to someone who is, like, at this point, like, we know he's committed, like, he's 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 on board. But he's also, like, saying stuff to her that makes, like, I don't know, like, some of the things he's saying, I'm like, what made you think that she would listen to, to any of this? Like, <laughs> like, when he's like, we'll rue the galaxy together, it's like, you've known her. Like, I guess, if we're, like, not counting, like, uh... Like, you've been married to her for five, six years or however long. When did you think that this would be something she would want? <laughs> like, yeah. It's uh, like, he makes some stupid mistakes there. <laughs> when uh, she he starts going off on her about, like, Obi-Wan, I'm like, does, she, does he think, like, they have a thing? Like, I mean, this is a long time ago, but, like, I, I did, I felt like he was like, you, you you're with him. You brought him here to kill me. I'm like, what is, where is this craziness coming from? Like, I get it. You've gone dark side and that like really screws with your brain a bit. But like, did he kind of think they had a thing going on? Only, only because of that. Like, like his, his own, like, this is what I think, his own like general confusions and mixed misgivings, like about the Jedi and about Obi-Wan and stuff. And then his now, his misgivings about Padme kind of gets centered into they must be together because yeah. of like the dark side stuff but 
ultimately him having a fit. And I don't know why Obi-Wan wouldn't have, like, I don't know, jumped in a little sooner. But uh, he full-on force chokes his wife, his pregnant wife. Yeah, like that. Is, like it's like I said, at that oof. point, he's he's gone. Like, he is... He's gone like to the dark side so much that he doesn't like he doesn't realize like he doesn't know <laughs> he he got he got played by Palts like he was lost as soon as he started That's down the path and like surprisingly a, a dark side trait I remember if I tried to get you to listen to it or not I'm pretty sure I did and you said you hated the guy's voice but it was uh like that Darth Kreia I don't know. Yeah, I listened to it. I just hated thought voice. piece. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he talks about how uh, dark side users, when they like really go down that path, they oftentimes, regardless of what they got in for, they they don't focus on it. Like no one that goes dark for a particular reason ever achieves the initial reason for going dark side. It yeah. always gets lost and goes down a path for like more power or more of this. It doesn't like if he wanted to go and protect his wife. It became a focus on the, himself and his, you know, empire and his power. And yeah, they lose his sight. Reasoning, they lose. Yeah, they lose sight of everything that they initially fell to the dark side for. And uh, that is so very evident right here when he chokes out his wife. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, he. Uh... He chokes her out. Obi Wan shows up. We get we get the lines, the great lines. I have brought peace. No, I have brought justice, peace, security, and freedom to my new empire. <laughs> Your new empire. Yeah. Anyways, they fight. Uh, <laughs> Obi Wan says only Sith deals in absolutes, which is an absolute. So that uh, that's a fun little little contradiction there and they get into their lightsaber fight um like honestly i don't know what else to say about it other than it's great <laughs> it's highly chore like highly choreographed and i think these guys worked for hours like nailing it down sped them up at all no it's what not it's not sped up at all yeah that is that is 100 them like that's that's awesome and i mean one thing um fight is in a lot of ways either really loved by people that love Star Wars like Jedi lightsaber fights or they really don't like it because they're like it's so practiced you know what I mean like it looks so practiced because that, then like, you look at like the originals where it's like oh there's so much more like emotion and like I don't know raw feeling behind the movements in like the original trilogy well, there's a, like this yeah, I I, 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 I have to, I have to, I have to interrupt because I, I am so like when, when that people say that I'm like, like you, you, you don't get it. Like <laughs> they are like that. The emotion is, is what Luke fights with in, in the original trilogy because he doesn't, he doesn't know anything else. He's not been trained. He's not been taught how to use a lightsaber other than the brief little bit of uh, deflection he does with Obi Wan. Whereas yeah. these are two people who are who have been trained in what like some consider the prime of Jedi. They're both talented and they both know each other so incredibly well. Of course, it's going to look like a dance. Like how many times do you think they've probably sparred each other? Like <laughs> to suggest anything else from two super talented like 
fighters, I think, is is ludicrous. <laughs> well, I think, like, yeah, I I agree. Like, I think that when uh, what would look to like say the average person, right, as they're not trying to hit each other. They're trying. They're making it look like they want to hit each other. Like it's that cliche thing. You when you're playing like lightsabers with your buddy or whatever, and like you go and like take a swing at them, but you're aiming for their lightsaber. You're not trying to hit them. You just keep going like to keep trying to like hit swords the whole time. You're not really trying to like do anything. So you're just kind of doing the same like left, right, left, right, down, left, right, like that sort of thing. Um, at least that's from my experience. But anyway. Um, these kind of like more modern uh, lightsaber fights for the prequels, they come off that way, but like the intent is there, but because of how like, you know, force sensitive these guys are and how um, in tune and skilled they are, like what looks like just the attempt to go like, I'm going to swing here and match your lightsaber. Well, like the other guys match, like it's just high skill, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It just, it, it looks very like acted like we're not trying to actually hit each other we're just trying to hit each other's sword but they're actually trying to do it but they're matching each other still that's why it looks like that um i hate the original i hate the original sword fighting because it's just so like i don't even feel like there's a lot of emotion behind it when i hear those arguments i'm like it just it looks no different than what me and my friends would do well like the only one like the emotion thing really like fits for me is in uh return of the jedi yeah. When he uh, like he's just like cause he, he he tries to fight with like a little bit of poise, and then once Leia's mentioned, he kind of pops off and just starts swinging like Clobber. a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's the that's Which, when the emotions sh- there. Like, <laughs> but that shouldn't work at all anyway. Like Vader should just be like left stick, left stick, bumper R two B, and like deflect and then cut his other arm off. Like I yeah, know but it's you also have to imagine. Things. Yeah, you have to, you also have to like imagine that it's he, like. This is like force fueled, like rage and hits. Like the suggestion, I guess, is that he's he's going too far, and then it's overwhelming Vader, who already is hesitant. Yeah, but like that's uh, kind of like the that's kind of like the, the I suppose the the story portion of why that happens. But yeah, no, I I, I will defend the fights like to the death, like because they're they're just yeah, so good and like, I I love skill. this. <laughs> this Revenge of the Sith fight, especially, I love. I only wish that Anakin had a red lightsaber. Personally, I think that would have been nice. But no, that that wouldn't make sense, though. <laughs> no, I know, but I would have liked it. I would have liked to have seen a red lightsaber. No, I I don't. I, I like for me, like I I know, like from like a visual, I get that why, but like I think from a perspective of someone like watching it, it means so much more that it is blue versus blue like it's yeah. jedi versus jedi here like it's it's, it's significant Sith, man yeah but it's still like the point is it's still significant that it is like it's blue like the blue versus blue is important because it's like this is what we've come to yeah you get it's easier to be like okay it's friend versus friend when it's blue and blue versus blue versus red like even though it's their personalities and ideologies have changed at this point. Like it's still friend versus friend, which is why it's, you're not getting that drastic blue versus red. But I like the like I think the visual would have looked 
cooler if it was red. It's a purely visual complaint. Um, what else was I going to say there? One thing I will say about this fight is I do feel like in some ways it went on too long. As much as I love it, I feel like it went maybe a few minutes too long. I think, like, I, I don't think it went too long at all, but I think, like, it maybe it feels like that when you're watching the movie. But if you, like, if you, like, the, the only clip, like, the only time I go watch clips is I will watch, like, just this fight. And if you just go watch this where it's cut together, like, with nothing else going on, like, when they just take out all the other scenes, I think it's perfect. Mm. Like, just the fight alone. You didn't feel like it was too much when they were swinging on the uh, the cables back and forth and... No, no. the the only time much? the only time I thought the part I thought was too much was the um, and like it's supposed to be cool and it just doesn't come off as cool as when they're doing like they're both doing the twirlies. Oh, when they're on, <laughs> like yeah, they're just they're not hitting; they're just literally swinging, prepping yeah. to hit each other. Yeah, that's the one part where I'm like, okay, like we could probably cut this out. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the. Uh... Like the cable thing up. was a little over dramatic, but like I yeah. don't think that was a length thing. I think that was just a more of a like this is a little weird. <laughs> like well, it's it's like the swinging, it's like your uh, your twirlies. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's like that. Like like if they had replaced it with something else, that's fine. Yeah. Like the length of the fight wasn't the issue. It was, it was that specific little piece of content. <laughs> a lot of gravitas going on there, but I will say, uh, this fight gave me one of my favorite. We mentioned it earlier, the uh, the Revenge of the Sith video game. Mm. I loved the fighting stage where you guys were on that tiny little platform. Do you remember yeah. that? Yep. Oh, it was so good. I found it so much harder, too, in that game. Uh, it was to, to fight as Obi-Wan at that point. Like, it was difficult. Yeah, I, ha- I can't remember. I honestly can't remember uh, in terms of difficulty. I remember my friend... I think he loved playing Obi-Wan and he smoked me every single time we played because of how, like, I don't know what Obi-Wan, if Obi-Wan had any sort of, like, special move or animation or something, but man, it was OP. <laughs> I'd like O-P-Wan? to, I really want to try and play that. <laughs> oh, ah. you, you probably can. I'm sure there's an emulator. Yeah, I'll somewhere. But so, yeah, uh, they fight. Obi-Wan gets the high ground. Legendary. Legendary high ground and uh, essentially cuts Anakin to pieces. Uh, Anakin now has no original limbs (laughs) at this point in time. And uh, we carry on. And the only thing I I guess I will say about this that uh, is kind of like... is it feels like the way they did it is it feels like Padme only died because she had to die. Like there's a, there's a lot more to it, like in the actual story for why she died, but like in the movie, how they, like how they filmed it is like, it's like she died because she had to. Almost feels like it's not as bad, but it kind of feels very like Talia Al Ghul, Dark Knight Rises for me. Yeah. Like it's very like, well, I don't. I don't think it's that bad. I don't think. No, I don't think it gets like to I say, it's that not that bad. But like, it's sudden and doesn't really like. What? But the like, reason, die, the reason like, for it makes sense. I just mean the um, like as I'll get to it because the like, but the my issue with it is that, uh, like as a beak, like we know that 
like Leia talks about how she like she had seen her mother, like that yeah. she remembers her. So like in my mind, it seems like at some point during this, George decided that Padme dies in this movie, so she dies in this movie. Like that's that's more what I mean rather than the actual like death scene itself. Oh, actual death, yeah. Yeah, because I'm one of the people that chooses to like I am certain that she died because Palpatine took her life force and gave it to Anakin. Yeah, I'm in the same camp. Because, uh, like, the movie shows as much. Like, uh, it could have just been a stylistic choice, but as when her, like, so they both their hearts stop at a, in a scene, or, like, Anakin's heart stops. His Like, you can't hear him breathing, and his heart's not beating anymore. And then Padme dies, and her heart comes to a stop, and right as her heart stops, there's a, there's a beat, and then Darth Vader starts to breathe. Like it's perfect. Like it's it, and it's it seems it seems so intentional. And then I looked it up, and it was intentional. Like they they did that on purpose. They they wanted to show that they died together, and then Darth Vader was born. I ha- I honestly, as many times as I've um, as I've watched this, I haven't noticed like a synchronized heartbeat related thing. But I always got the sense that like. Uh, that gap, I guess, in Anakin breathing was just like the mask goes on, and then it, you need like some time before like the air turns on, sort of thing. Like I never really noticed any sort of synchronized heartbeat breathing type thing, but it makes sense, and I'm, like I'm completely on board with it because I do believe, because I feel like it's this stuff is all happening at the same time, and yeah. Palpatine drops the line like, "In your anger, you killed her." Like, well, did you know that? Like, how would you know that? No, he he was lying. Like, he knows that she's dead because he killed well, yeah. her. Yeah, <laughs> but like, he wouldn't know that or be able to. Like, even if, uh, like, I know he. In my, in, I don't know if it's actually confirmed or not, but like, I believe he did kill her to save yeah, no, Anakin. That I, I I'm I'm pretty sure that is that is, been like that. I think that's confirmed. Like, <laughs> okay, so like that's. That's what I believe, and to me, it's like okay, he wouldn't have known to say that to him unless he had a hand in it. Yeah, like right? he, yeah, exactly. So even if like you don't see, like you don't pick up on this like synchronized um, like heartbeat stuff, him saying because I mean Padme was taken by Obi Wan and taken away, so he wouldn't have been able to confirm that otherwise unless he had a hand in actually killing her yeah no i mean like when once we're done like go just go like throw it on and you like, watch you, that now <laughs> yeah now that now that now that you know about it you can you can like you'll you'll be able to see it or hear it <laughs> but uh yeah see her dead everyone yeah, she, looks sad she dies she's got a japor snippet but yeah, so the the quote from Lucasfilm is both of their heartbeats stopped roughly at the same time. Uh, both Padme and Anakin actually died to bring Darth Vader to life. So that's how they just like that's how they designed the sound to portray it. Yeah, I'll have to look at it. I'll have to listen to this with sound. I don't have the sound on, but like it, the reason why I think most people probably wouldn't pick up on it is because Padme dies. And then it cuts to other people like Obi-Wan and Yoda. And then it shows Anakin rising up on the table as Darth Vader. But he's breathing the whole time. 
Yeah, see, I, I like I I picked that was the thing I picked up on in two thousand five when I saw it personally. Like okay. I didn't I didn't realize that like um at the time I wasn't like, oh Palpatine killed her. But I was like they did a stylistic choice to have them uh have one stop breathing and the other one start. Like I did spy that at least. And it wasn't do... until later that I went Oh I he killed yeah. her. <laughs> like <laughs> I do love that, uh, like when he comes back, like he's on the table, and he's the first thing he asks about is like, "Where's Padme?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, you screwed up. Like you choked her, and you didn't even care about her. You wanted to go kill Obi Wan, but you come back and you're like, "Yeah, where's Padme? Is she cool?" And then Palpatine's like, "She good? No, man, man. you you <laughs> killed her." And he loses it. I loved that. You see, like Palpatine's little like, "Ooh, goody goody goody. This is awesome." Like yeah, I uh, could have done without the no. Yeah. You didn't need that. I think it would have been cool just to have him just absolutely wrecking that room. Like even yeah. I, I would like to have seen him even uh, in his anger, like lashing out at Palpatine at the same time instead well, that's of in just. The comic. I heard yeah, that's that. In the comic, yeah. yeah, yeah he lashes actually, out, and then Vader. I think Palpatine like electrocutes him and makes him instantly yeah. feel like a dog. But yeah, so uh, that's a that's like a there's a big theory like generally that the reason he's in that suit is because it, it allows Palpatine to keep him on a leash because it's easily damaged by, like, easily damaged by lightning and stuff, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he like he did that. And there's there's another theory I, I had read, too, that I saw that I don't, I don't know if I agree with this one as much, that Palpatine used Padme's life force to bring him back, but that he needed to continually, like, that he linked him to himself to keep him alive so that when Pat, when Palpatine died. Vader died, but I I don't agree with that one. But that's another one that I had read while I was. Yeah, searching. I don't I don't agree with that one either. I like it's it's simple enough just to be like you know what, he killed Padme to bring Anakin back, and that was it. And then obviously over the years he's just like, yeah, I'm not gonna get a new vessel, like I hoped, so I'm just gonna make a new me. <laughs> new me new attitude <laughs> yeah so one thing i wanted to touch on because there really isn't much left to this movie um one thing i like is how you know you got bail organa yoda and obi-wan talking around a table and they're discussing uh what to do with luke and leia and obviously leia goes with uh bail and luke goes with obi-wan to tatooine but yoda mentions how uh Obi-Wan's old master, Qui-Gon, has you know, come back from the Force. He knows how to, like, you know, do the Force ghost thing. And Yoda is going to teach him how to do the same. Um, with how the Star Wars movies have progressed, it seems like everyone can just be a Force ghost. How, In my opinion, it seems like everyone can do that. Um, how do you feel about it? Because I kind of have the sense that, like, okay, Qui-Gon did it. That was brand new, like cutting edge stuff for him. Like in terms of like the movies, and I know there's other situations and timelines where that's been a thing, but like uh, Qui Gon learns how to do it, teaches Yoda, teaches Obi Wan. So like those guys make sense, and I can even buy Vader coming back as Anakin because he was like born from the Force. So when he died, he went back to the Force, like a Force ghost, I guess. So I can kind of even buy that one and Luke 
I can too, because you would have learned from Yoda and Obi-Wan. But like Ben, Leia, like I don't know if I entirely Well Ben didn't so Ben didn't necessarily become a force ghost. So vanished like when you when you disappear like that, that's becoming one with the force. The, to, to be able to go from being one to the force to being a force ghost requires the knowledge on how to do it or the sheer power of uh, of Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> so you'd say so that like, they're totally different things. Yes, they're totally different things. So like uh, one with the force is kind of like the ultimate version of being at peace, if that makes sense. So like one the one thing that i feel was a kind of a weird mistake that they made was qui-gon did not become one with the force his body was cremated mm, i feel like true. that was that was weird but maybe he, he stayed his body stayed like he wasn't one with the force he wasn't at peace until obi-wan started training anakin i guess it could be an argument you could make um because that was like his purpose or whatever but that's like that becomes a thing like usually like in, in one of the books uh, series, Luke's wife dies. Uh, she's killed, and she doesn't become one with the Force. And people are like, "What? Why? Why?" And that's how they realize that there's like something unspoken. Like she's not at peace. Like she was murdered. Her murderer is still out there. And this is being like this is being communicated by the fact that she's not at peace. So it's kind of like like our version of ghosts. Like when you become a like ghosts have unfinished business. It's kind of sort of like that. So Jedi who are in tune with the Force, when they die, they become one with the Force. And then those of those of them who are like super talented or, and know how can become Force ghosts. Mm. Yeah, I never looked at them as two separate things. I always looked at it as like a all like all together as just one. Because I mean, Leia does come back as a ghost because she's at the end of Episode Nine. Well, yeah, Luke would have one hundred percent taught her. <laughs> I think. Oh, absolutely. Do you think she would have been able to do it? Because I mean, she with like, the I guidance, she, she like with the guidance of Luke and and Anakin and all them. I would assume so. Yeah. I don't like it. You don't have to like it. <laughs> I know. I know. But I have to say that is. all the time. Every time I even think about watching episode seven, eight, and nine, I don't have to like it. It just is what it is. Yeah. Like they. The thing is, like the the. the they could have done something in the movies where they like made a point of saying like where Leia had like force potential, but she was not strong in it. And then if they had done something like that, then I would have been like, then why is she a force ghost? Yeah. But just like like from the point where we know she was trained, she just didn't finish her training or she gave up on it. And she's a Skywalker. She's very strong in the force, most likely. Like at that point, I'm like, yeah, it would make sense that she she could do it. Like where her father knew how her brother knows how her brother's masters know how like it just yeah, makes sense I, I i can see why it could make sense but my problem with it is like for me um one thing i dislike and it's one of the things i don't like about the sequel trilogies where i don't feel like the way power levels are earned it's kind of like when you think of dragon ball like when you think of Dragon Ball and you look at like how long it took like Goku and Vegeta to become Super Saiyans, and then you look at I don't know Goten and Goten or uh, and Trunks, and they become Super Saiyan. Like yeah, let's let's not know. complain about the sequel trilogy yet though. Let's save that for when we get there. <laughs> I know, but what I'm saying is like one thing that I dislike is when 
something that appears to be like significant in terms of a skill or just general power kind of feels trivialized. So my question for you now, because now I know like, I guess the whole force ghost and one with the force thing is separate. Um, how do you feel that Star Wars as a whole, and I mean, I know we'll talk about it more when we get to the other movies, but like with all of your knowledge of all these other different things, how do you feel in terms of like um, how power is displayed and earned across all the different kind of like Star Wars mediums in a way? Because to me, I feel like certain things need to be earned more and shown to be difficult regardless and i think yeah i am i'm getting tired of having uh so like i'm getting tired of having a a jet like a force capable person going from untrained to super powerful in an instant like i'm tired of that like there's there's potential but then like when there's no one to train you, I don't think he should become all that powerful. That's that's like one complaint I have about it. Um, and if if everyone just starts becoming Force Ghosts in like future Star Wars movies, then I will have a problem with it. Hmm. As it is now, I don't have a problem with the Force Ghost aspect because um, in my mind, it would it, it's completely reasonable that Leia would know how that Luke would tell her or someone would tell her because she is like. She is a Skywalker, but um, if they do another thing where it's a another mystery person who, like, they're they're newly discovered to the Force and oh, they're so powerful. Like, if they do that again, I'll be upset. Well, but, like I'm even thinking, like, if you look at because uh, they're talking about another trilogy, aren't they? Like a oh, there's multiple well, trilogies on the go. Yeah, I, I remember hearing like the rumors of like a like I was hoping for an old Republic type trilogy. Do you want to see uh, like Force Ghosts, for example? Like, would if you it, if it's that... if it's relevant to the story? Sure. Like, um, like for the Sith, like a lot of like them them, them preserving themselves in in like forms of holocrons and stuff. If they decide to do that kind of thing, I'm I'm completely on board. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it makes sense, like it just has to make sense. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know, like, I know it's been done in other, uh, like, centuries and stuff like that, I guess, but, like, um, part of me, one thing I like about this trilogy, that it, I had the sense, like, it established this Force Ghost thing is uh, new, like, almost like it's uncharted territory, like, Yoda's been around for, like, a thousand years, and this is something he's just learning about now, so this is kind of, like, uncharted territory in a lot of ways, and... There's a sense of, uh, I don't know, like there's certain things that Star Wars does a bad job at times of kind of like. So what I'm sensing, what I'm sensing is you're uh, sexist, you're not a feminist, and you think just because Leia did it, it's not special. Is that is that yeah. my understanding right? No, <laughs> I just don't like. Okay, let, let me think of it this way. <laughs> This is super important. Jedi masters are learning this stuff. I, like I said, I, I could understand why Luke could get it, and maybe Leia, because, I mean, in the sequel trilogy, she does some crazy shit. I don't 
get why like like did it happen? Like my question initially was like, did it happen to Ben? No. Was he a force ghost? That's, that's why he didn't show up. <laughs> would he have showed up? Maybe there's a deleted scene we never saw or something. Well, if there um, was, we would have heard it. Like what about right now? Han Solo too. Like he did came he, back. He wasn't was that a ghost, ghost or was no? That was a hallucination. That was a hallucination. Okay. Yeah. But uh, my I guess my point is like. With Star Wars, do you feel like certain things are earned? Yes. Oh, and do you, do you think that there's also things that are not earned? Like what? Oh, <laughs> it's a broad question. I want to see what you. I want to see what sticks. Well, it's like, like I said, like it, it depends. Like when we go back to it, I don't want to see the Ray repeat again. In that. I don't want another untrained like person to come in and just be good at everything right away. Like, not to say she's Mary. Like, I don't think she's Mary Sue. I think they like when you read like the the books before and you just pay attention to like the signs in Jakku. Like, obviously, you know why she knows how to fly. You know why she knows how to defend herself. But like. I'd rather see if we're going to do Jedi and force stuff again, I'd rather see like a Padawan from the, like an actual order of Jedi being trained properly or like yeah. a, a knight like, like train, trained proper or someone on the dark side who is just doing things like they're not like super talented. They're just able to do things because of like sheer power. Like, just make it make sense. Like if if yeah. they had if they had said that she was, like my initial theory that like it was either she was Luke's daughter, or that she was, like one that came to me like like that started coming to me later was that she was, um, like another attempt at Anakin. Like she was the Force trying to re- like correct the Chosen One, but with someone who's like purely light, or that she was someone who's born from the Force, and in that case, she would be powerful and stuff so like there's a way that it could have made sense and then i guess ultimately they decided that she was a palpatine so she, she's got a lot of force power from that um, how do you, what do you think about um like for example because uh, one of the things i've heard george say in like an interview or some like behind the scenes thing was like how the story is like it's got a rhyme like it's got to repeat the same sort of stuff it's because it's gonna like rhyme like this happened and then it's gonna rhyme like something else that happened like it's like a poem it just keeps going and going uh do you think that future like if they do future like timeline story like after episode nine stuff or if they go into the past if a lot of the same sort of basic story beats are gonna be repeated in those movies i'm sure there'll be a lot of dark like sith versus jedi like that'll be like a continual thing unless they decide to do like borrow some of the other stuff like um like i would love nothing more than to see a, a, I, I don't know how to say their name yuvon vong mm. like i would love to see them come in because then it's kind of like a common enemy kind of thing but like yeah they, they, those things repeat like every every time like when you like any movie like about magic or stuff like any story about magic is you're in a time of of relative peace and unease and then things go bad like it all that that always happens like it's just it's just the way of it like it's it's so, like sagas and stories are just written like that but that's just how it's done 
Yeah, because so I mean, it's... You, the prequels, you know, you start with Anakin, who's super gifted, and, you know, he rises up. And he comes from nothing, super gifted, rises up. Yet the, the originals, where you got Luke, who's. I don't know if they really. They don't really present Luke, I don't think, as being super gifted. He's just. Gifted, I guess. That's how <laughs> I always interpret it. Like, they don't ever say, like, you're the chosen one. Like, you're the best that there's ever been. There's so much potential in you. He's just kind of like, yeah, man, you know the Force. You he's just you. a good guy with a lot of potential and, and raw. Yeah, stuff. like, That's he's nothing, yeah, he does not portrayed like Anakin is, but, like, and then Ray is Ray. Like, she comes from nothing, and she goes off to be so much more. Um, so, like, An- th- Anakin's, like, a prodigy. So, like, the way I look at it is, like, Anakin's, like, a prodigy. Yeah. Whereas, like, Luke is kind of like raw power. Like, he does things through pure, like, force. Not, like, small force. Like, force of will. Like, small well, force. If we got more Luke Skywalker stuff, like you see at the end of The Mandalorian, I am down. I'm down for that. Well, the thing, like, the thing that I love man. about the extended universe, that like, the le- what's well, now Legends, is that he went, after, like, this was all dealt with, he went and he gathered information on the Jedi. He gathered holocrons he gathered like knowledge so that he could train himself properly and learn how to be like a jedi like he he got through all of this through like pure potential and power and then he went but now i need more i need to be better and he went and he did it like i would love to see that from luke like if they decided to explore more like more of that kind of stuff because that's kind of why he went looking initially for the first Jedi Temple, like when the Battlefront 2 story mode, he's looking for Jedi stuff to, to just get more knowledge and restart the Order. Like, I love that. Do you think they'll actually use Luke more? Like, I, I feel like with how they uh, created him for, like, the end of the Mandalorian, they kind of used him as a, like, this is like a one-time or like a very yeah rarely used kind of occurrence like he's probably not going to be in it i don't think probably anymore at least yeah i think the decision i think the decision to to have a cgi luke instead of getting an actor uh was them saying that he's not going to be in it a lot yeah which is upsetting because you have sebastian stan like fully ready and available like just let him well he looked like i mean it's disney so you basically own the guy anyway he looks so much like like Mark Hamill, it would just be super easy. Yeah, you just have to like there for the casuals. It just have to be one scene when you say like when he comes in the room, "I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you." Just to give him that line, because it's not only is that like a super like important line, like, but then you go, "Okay, that's Luke." Yeah, I'm on board. Because it's just like Boba Fett. We accept that he was Boba Fett because. We're told he's Boba Fett, and it's Tamora Morrison, so he was a clone. But he never actually played Boba Fett in anything before that. They just True. they just laid it out, and we're like, okay, he's Boba Fett on board. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure everybody was on board as soon as he put that armor on and smoked a whole battalion of uh, stormtroopers. Oh, my favorite thing was was after when people brought up the first episode. I was like, they're like, and I'm like, okay, did you did you see who was at the end? They're like, no, who? I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> man i back in season one where he took out the, i can't remember her name but the sniper bounty hunter girl and you see her like those footprints or footsteps show up uh right by her corpse I'm like 
that's Boba Fett. That's got to <laughs> be like the only person of any significance at all I can even remotely think of on Tatooine is Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that's that's that. And this movie, uh, it ends. Uh, there's an empire now. Some babies are born. And uh, I like that this movie ends with their, it's seeming like the Death Star is being built. Anakin's lost. The Jedi are broken. And it seems like there's no hope left in the galaxy. And then it ends with Luke on Tatooine and the Twin Sons. And that's that's your new hope. <laughs> yeah. I really look forward to uh, the Obi-Wan show to help give some context to what Obi-Wan was doing this, during this time. Because Drinking. he was a standout during these uh, this trilogy. And to get, you know, Ewan, Ewan, yeah. Obi-Wan, can't remember, I can't say his name right now. And uh, yeah, Hayden Christensen back as Obi Wan and Vader. Awesome! It's gonna be so awesome. Yeah, I can't very wait. awesome. It's gonna be good. Hopefully, <laughs> I can't see it being bad. Mind you, I said that. I said that about the sequels. <laughs> but yeah, I lo- I love this movie. Uh, I again, I don't think Revenge of the Sith is really an apt title. Because, like, what are the Sith getting revenge for? They didn't... They, they, there's no reason to, to seek or want revenge against the Jedi and against the Republic. So, like, it seems weird. Like, Return of the Jedi... Return of the Sith, I mean, would seem almost like it would be a better title. Why not Follow the Jedi? Or fall Like, so, yeah, just Revenge of the Sith just, is, again, doesn't seem to fit. So that would have been a good second movie. What, Revenge of the Sith? Well, yeah, like, what if, like, episode one was Attack of the Clones? But there was no clones in episode one. <laughs> if there was, like, I'm saying that they completely restructure the whole, like, I, I am You're, you're back for, on this. <laughs> I am. I'm never going to quit, man. I'm all for restructuring these movies. But anyway, if the first one was called Attack of the Clones and it was restructured, and the second one, because you got Darth Maul in all three, is Revenge of the Sith, and then the third one is, like, Follow the Jedi. Win-win. Three titles. Epic. The only, like, restructuring I would be on board with is, like, I think they could have introduced the clones in the first one Mm -hmm. and then started the war and then actually have the war as part of the second movie. So, like, they could have done the exact same plot of Attack of the Clones, just the war is going on. So, like, Obi-Wan's storyline of following Jango Fett could have been different in that he's investigating who's trying to kill Padme during the war... And he ends up like he gets to the same end result, and, and Anakin has to protect her. Well, but, see, that's like, the f- have the war going on. That's the that funny point. thing is, like, you could literally have, yeah, you could have the war going on, and you could have instead of it being like Django Fett or someone attacking Padme in the apartment, it's full on Darth Maul going on an assassination mission from Sidious to go and kill her because she's like causing a ruckus. So that's how they meet her. And it's just, it opens up with Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting or like trying to stop Darth Maul and he takes off or whatever. And it's the Clone War. And they have the entire, basically the full plot of episode two with those changes. And then episode two, now the Revenge of the Sith is full on like Clone Wars TV show awesomeness. Boom, right there. Then episode three is episode three. Yeah, no, that, the only thing I would change, I would have episode one as it was, but introduce the clones and start the clone war at the end of it. And then episode two would be Darth Maul and maybe even Asajj Ventress 
trying to kill Padme. Anakin protects Padme as he does in the Attack of the Clones, so his plot stays the same. And then Obi-Wan is, is hunting down Asajj Ventress or, or Darth Maul, whichever one. And then episode three is as it was. That's all I would change. I don't I don't think I'd change anything else. Oh, you're so nice. It's nothing to do with nice. I just like it. <laughs> <sighs> I guess it's just me. I just I just see so, it's like destiny. Like you know how much I love destiny. It's just one of those things where I too see much, so yeah. yeah, too much. <laughs> I see so much potential and I'm like, I would love to have done like I don't get me wrong. I love them. I do. But I'm like, I feel like I could have made a better story. Okay, write it. <laughs> I will. Write it and what send I, me a draft. <laughs> whole thing start to finish. Yeah. Well, do the, plot, do the plot outline, and then uh-huh. uh, if it's good, I will uh, send it back to you, and then, then I want you to write a script. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a lot of work. Well, you, you say you can do it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could. Maybe I will. Do that it. could be a whole other crazy fun episode. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> I might. I got nothing but time. Yeah, I mean, do it. Apart from this baby thing, but like, yeah, I might. And then you can like give me like a critical review on another episode or something. Yeah, do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was a time back in like 2008 or 2009 where you and I were pretty much committed to starting to write a fan fiction. <laughs> Star Wars fan. I, I do remember we did talk about it. We talked about it a bunch. We were just two, like two on two different, like as I understand it, we were just on two, di- like we just two had too many different ideas, and then it just never happened. <laughs> oh, that's the downside. We, uh, yeah, different sides, but we're both equally like, yeah, I want this, and we we want different things, but also the same thing, but we couldn't agree. So it was just, yeah, <laughs> we we would spend hours arguing about like, uh. Darth Maul, yes, no? Two episodes? Three episodes? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's... that's uh, As much as we disagree on that, I think we both love this movie. Uh, yeah. It's... Still my it's, favorite, I think. It's, it's one of my favorites, if not the favorite. It's just a good time. It's a sad time, but it's a good time. <laughs> I think Star Wars is at its best when it's at its darkest. Oh yeah, that's why like episode <laughs> episode five is the other like pretty much common best because it's yeah. at its darkest. It is really good. I like uh, that's one of the reasons why I love Rogue One is because it's just it reminds me a lot of Halo Reach. It's just sad. <laughs> it's just a sad movie. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's episode three in the books. Um, we pretty much talked about everything what we would, what we want to talk about, like other than you having homework to go get into more of what you would have wanted from the prequels, <laughs> no, <laughs> to come with um, to come with the plot uh, for the next time, and then I guess next episode would be solo. I guess comes next. Uh, yes, it should be solo, which I have to watch. I also have to watch it. So, <laughs> and then yeah, but we'll get back to that. Uh, I guess that's everything for this one. I'm more looking forward to when we actually get to the sequels because yeah. then that's where a lot more of what I would have wanted from, <laughs> from them would come into it. Cause I would change a lot there. Yeah. We've, I know I've touched on it a bunch already and I know that, uh, you know, when we get to it, it's going to be a lot more discussion. Yeah. Uh, 
my like my ideal sequel would be completely different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like they. Yeah. Like, they almost, I think they, they, the, the hole they fell down was they decided, like, and I get why they did it. They, they decided to try to build a very similar starting point as there was in New Hope as a way of bringing people back in. And I feel like that was a mistake. And that's where, like, that's my hint as to what I would change. But <laughs> yeah, I think that as bad as episode, my thing is as bad as I feel episode eight was, they, had enough there that they didn't have to you know bring back some member berries to try and bring people back you know they had enough right there to kind of at least have a solid enough landing i look forward to to decimating eight (laughs) yeah so for now we will we will sign off uh brinley's not here anymore for the closing but she she let her opinion be known. She hates Star Wars. <laughs> she, she has conflicting opinions. That's for Conflict- sure. I <laughs> yeah. can't wait to hear her opinion on the sequels as well. Exactly. And we'll be back, I guess, the week after this one for Solo, most likely. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, bye, people.